You're in the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. You know, I have something unique to offer our listeners on the Paracast this week. Some unique or almost unique things. Number one, in terms of uniqueness, is the fact that Chris, rather than being somewhere else, and that's an old Abbott and Costello joke, by the way, somewhere else where I can prove you're somewhere else, he is actually right here, about 12 feet from me, in our studio. Well, more like five feet, but who's counting? I wish you were 12 feet away. (laughs) The only thing is, if you go any farther back, you'll hit the file cabinet, and if you go even farther back, you'll go through the wall. And I understand they do that with UFO abductions. So yes, they do. Have. We have someone who, when we last interviewed him back in 2009, he was a documentary filmmaker. He had a film called I Know What I Saw, James Fox. But now, James Fox, you are an honest-to-goodness superhero? Yeah, it's, my superhero powers haven't quite yet been revealed. That's coming in the uh, second season so it's it's still classified top secret, but um, yeah, it's going to be it's going to be quite 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 a show. Yeah, but you're still able to leap uh, tall fences in a single bound. So, do you know that I actually held the record in my county for ten years on a long jump? So, in some respects, I am a superhero. <laughs> I jumped fifteen and a half feet the first jump I ever did when I was fifteen years old. I held wow. the, the record in Marin County for ten years. Wow. Pretty impressive, don't you think? Do you realize that as you get over 50 or something, your powers will come to the fore? You'll be able to leap tall oh, buildings God, in a single I'm bound? I'm looking forward to it. Right. <laughs> now, this utility belt that you're wearing, there are secret weapons and things that you guys are wearing over there on Chasing UFOs? This is a well, dumb question, yeah. I know, but I really no, want no, to No, 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 no. It's totally, it's totally a proper question. And, and what's really what's, – what's something I actually pushed for for the first season and didn't get – but it looks like it's fairly promising for the second season, and that's an AK-47. Are we serious? So look out. G.I. <laughs> James is coming at you. No, okay. I, I have a quick question. Is Ryder married? You know, in, in my pursuit of truth. <laughs> he didn't answer that. <laughs> She's pretty yeah, hot. I'm going to have some fun with it, too. <laughs> right. What does your girlfriend think about Aaron Ryder? You know, I don't think they have met. I, I don't know. I don't think they've met. Right. Well, you people there 24-7 with each other, and of course, rumors can arise. Maybe someone will send a tweet out about this, you know, because... Uh, I highly doubt it. (laughs) (laughs) Seriously. Okay. James Fox got himself mixed up with a National Geographic TV show called Chasing UFOs. It's getting major publicity. And by the time you hear the show, neighbors, you will have seen, of course, the first couple of episodes... And we'll go into what's in those episodes, but let's do some background stuff first. Part of that publicity campaign is a survey from National Geographic about UFO belief in the United States. Now, can we go over this briefly, James? Oh, please. Okay, so let me just read you some of the stats, but I also have a survey from 15 years ago. And I think you want to see the contrast. I'm very curious to hear about that. Yeah. So, you know, they took a survey back in like 1947 and then maybe 80 or 90 percent of the people did not believe in ufos but according to a story all over the world now 80 million people if the survey is applied to the entire usa believe that ufos exist which is what about a third of the population just about okay and a tenth believe they spotted one well it's 30 million people you wonder about that percentage how many people 
actually spotted one. Well, I guess anybody who sees a strange light in the sky could say, I saw a UFO. And have. Fast question here about this. This survey, is this done like a Gallup poll where you do a scientifically selected sampling and everything? You know, I have all the details of that survey. They actually hired an outside company to do it, and they just select at random from what I understand. You know, just like any other survey, I would imagine, they don't actually speak to 80 million people. You know, they do a random sort of... So it's usually like, you know, 500, 1,000, 1,500, that kind of thing. Yeah, I think it was like, four, I think it was like 1,400 people, or 1,400 or 1,700 people. I'd have to look at the stats on that, but that's what I think they did. That sounds like a pretty substantial sampling. But now there are more interesting things here, and I want to go over it. Of course, one of the things we've talked about frequently on the PowerCast is the legend of the men in black. Okay, so looking at the survey here, we have the men in black... Supposedly they go to people who have seen UFOs or had other paranormal encounters, and they say, don't talk about it. Shut up. Okay. We understand that. Some people believe they're from the military, some an intelligence agency, some maybe extraterrestrial. We don't know. But according to the survey, and this is interesting here, 55% of Americans believe that men in black type agents threaten people who report ufos so what did you take that with jim well it's interesting because you know obviously the the whole men in black has got lots of baggage from you know the, the very successful blockbuster hit men in black and um i never really thought a whole lot of it but however i have stumbled upon a couple of cases uh you know either through direct contact with witnesses or uh, you know, archive interviews going back as far as, you know, the McMinnville, Oregon case, the uh, Mr. and Mrs. Trent. And she said that, you know, a, a gentleman from an unknown sort of government agency was, was harassing her and, and, and ransacked her, her home. Um, I've been recently in touch with uh, a woman who's had extensive investigations on the Rex Heflin photographs from 1965, Santa Ana, California. And he reported um, harassment by a similar style organization. I guess they said they were from, from someplace. It turns out they weren't. They took the original Polaroids that he shot, and those disappeared for like 30 or 35 years. Um, and then there was a, the, the 1997 case when I, was re, when I was researching the Phoenix Lights. Um, there was a former Vietnam vet that was up on his roof trying to get a glimpse of the Hellbob Comet and he had his uh, scanners out and he heard truck drivers talking about this massive UFO that was headed his way. So he set his camera on it and apparently got some very impressive footage. And um, you're familiar with Francis Barwood, former city councilwoman from the Phoenix case, Phoenix Lights case? Yeah. Well, he was in touch with her. They made arrangements for him to drop this footage off at her office. Just to let you know, and we are probably this, right now, James, maybe minutes from where she lives because we're in Phoenix. Oh, wow. Well, anyway, so this uh, this guy calls her up and he says, hey, I've got this phenomenal footage. Are you interested? She said, of course I am. And they made arrangements. He was going to drop it off her office. And I'm not sure if it was that evening or the next day. Um, this car pulls up, two men in black suits. He said they were quite menacing, arrived to pick up. They said they were from Francis Barwood's office there to pick up the footage. 
he said that he was relieved that it's all they wanted. They asked if there were any copies. He said no. They took the footage and left. And uh, so Francis never hears from him. He never hears from Francis. I think, I don't know how much time goes by, but maybe five days. He calls her and he says, well, what did you think? She said, well, I don't know. You never came by to drop the footage off. And he said, well, you you had two men from your office show up at my house. She said, I didn't send anybody over. It sounds like almost a a movie type scenario. Almost like a movie type scenario. So there's been a number of these these cases where, um, you know, these mysterious men, most of the time in suits, certainly all the ones that I've heard, show up in quite many. I mean, even the Bob, you know, Jacobs, Robert Jacobs from the Vandenberg Air Force launch, I think it was 1964, said that there were two men in suits. Remember that that case? Well, of course, I'm a little older than you are. But I have to say, I do remember some of these things. I don't want to admit okay. anymore. Sorry. <laughs> well, you know, you had the launch of an Atlas rocket at Vandenberg Air Force Base, and they were filming it with a, with a high-powered telescope camera uh, to capture all three stages of powered flight. And, you know, at one point, this disc-shaped object comes into view and shoots the beam of light, blah, 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 and it captures the whole thing on film. And We'll get to where it went next in a moment. James Fox right. joining us. With Gene and Chris, you're in the Paracast. If you want to get your website online and you need reliable service, first-class service at the lowest possible price, there's only one place to go. Well, DreamHost has a special promotion with our show where they'll offer you unlimited disk space, unlimited bandwidth, one-click web apps such as WordPress, 24-7 support. You can save over $55. You want to know how? Go to DreamHost.com radio, DreamHost.com radio. Fate Magazine provides true reports of the strange and unknown. Keep up with the latest on angels and miracles, psychic phenomena, ghosts, UFOs, life after death, and much, much more. To receive your free issue of Fate Magazine, call now at 1-800-728-2730 or visit their website at www.fatemag.com. That's 1-800-728-2730. What are you waiting for? Your fate awaits. We all know that Berkey Water Purification Systems are the most trusted name in water filtration. As an authorized Berkey dealer for over six years in serving thousands of satisfied customers, the Berkey Guy offers amazing specials for Berkey Water Filtration Systems. The Berkey Light Systems include a set of self-sterilizing and recleanable black purification elements that purify water by removing chlorine, pathogenic bacteria, cysts and parasites to non-detectable levels and remove harmful chemicals such as herbicides and pesticides. Order the Berkey Light System system today complete with two black berkey elements for only 231 dollars and the berkey guy will ship your order free of charge with the purchase of a berkey light the berkey guy is also offering a set of fluoride and arsenic filters for only 39.99 that's over 30 percent off the retail price call the berkey guy at 1-877-886-3653 that's 1-877-886-3653 or order online at goberkey.com that's goberkey.com today 
Attention business owners and individuals who owe the IRS. Do you owe $10,000 or more in back taxes? You need aggressive representation. Call Certified Tax now and speak to one of our tax attorneys, enrolled agents, or tax professionals who specialize in tax liens, back taxes, tax debt, wage garnishment, and collections. We won't waste your time. Instead, we'll be on the phone with the IRS within 30 minutes of you becoming a client. And you can become a client right now. We've settled millions of dollars in tax issues for a fraction of the cost. Find the peace of mind knowing the IRS will not be knocking at your door. Protect your home, business, and family today. We know the tax laws, and we act fast. Call today for your free, no-obligation consultation. 1-800-685-9751. Remember, we'll be on the phone with the IRS within 30 minutes of you becoming a client. That's guaranteed. Call Certified Tax at 800-685-9751. That's 800-685-9751. Again, 800-685-9751. You don't need to be a bodybuilder to benefit from whey protein. Besides building muscle, whey protein supports glutathione production, your body's number one antioxidant and detoxifier, helps with weight loss, and may help with strength, energy, youthful appearance, and a healthier libido. Why is it that no one is reporting these broad-spectrum benefits from typical whey protein powders? Because all but one of them are damaged by heat, filtration, or chemicals. Fresh liquid whey has been used for hundreds of years to restore health to the sick and youth to the aged. One World Whey is a brand new protein powder that retains the broad-spectrum health-giving benefits of fresh raw whey. Hundreds of people have reported tremendous improvements in all aspects of health. Kids and adults love the flavor and the effects. Call 888-988-3325. Mention coupon code KNOCKOUT and you'll receive a free tube of knockout pain cream with your order, which eliminates soft tissue pain in 10 minutes for 90% of users. Call 888-988-3325 or visit OneWorldWay.com. That's OneWorldWhey.com. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And if you'd like to catch up on past episodes, we have hundreds of shows for you to download direct from theparacast.com. That's theparacast.com. Or check us out at iTunes. We have James Fox. He's one of the three participants of a new TV series for National Geographic called Chasing UFOs. And he's joined by the skeptic Ben McGee and the very hot Aaron Ryder, who's there for tech and reconnaissance. Okay. I'd like to recon her in tech. <laughs> no, she's pretty hot. I, and, and James, I must say, I, I really enjoyed watching the, the first episode uh, of the show. It was quite a bit better than I, <laughs> I was expecting. Uh, the trailers uh, leading up to the show leave a little bit to be desired, and I think, I think they're exciting and all that, but they, they really do kind of make you guys look a little ridiculous. I'm oh, sure. yeah, well, you know, everybody at the production company, because, you know, the trailer was done by Nat Geo. The production company actually produced the series. Right. And, you know, while you, know, you have to create uh, these episodes, keeping in mind that, you know, People want to be entertained and it wants to be this sense of adventure. But we really want to do as much credible and, and solid witness and, and evidence as, as possible. And when Nat Geo suggested shooting this promo, it sort of caught us off, off guard. And we didn't really have a whole lot of say-so in the matter. And it just happened rather quickly. And it came out and we thought, wow, what was that? <laughs> <laughs> now that we're on that subject. Across, the judge called me up and they just laughed. That's all they could do. They didn't even tell me, they just laughed. 
they're like, you know, this is the funniest thing ever. You know, so we were all we were all quite uh, taken back by by that. But hey, you know, National Geographic, uh, they've done their homework and they seem to to know what it takes to stimulate uh, some excitement and 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 viewership. And uh, I guess that that's what it takes, and hey, that's what it takes. But it certainly wasn't something that we would have thought up. I tell you what, I wanted to get back to what he was telling us before we did the break, though. He was talking to us about Men in Black, and then we can go more into the show. Because we were kind yeah, of... So basically, yeah. you know, Robert Jacobs basically said that he was called in by Florence J. Mansman. I guess he was the ranking officer in charge. I think it was the next day or the following day after that. They had a little room set up and a uh, projector. I don't remember if it was 16-millimeter film footage or 35-millimeter film footage, but in either case... Well, for, you know, except up. for big movie studios, it was probably 16 or even 8. Probably 16, yeah, probably 16. So anyway, so they uh, there was the film from the day before, or the two days before, from the launch at Vandenberg of this Atlas rocket. And uh, he was ordered to sit down, and they hit play on the machine, and... There was the launch from a couple of days earlier. It was looking great, and suddenly, as I said earlier, this 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 disc-shaped object enters frame, and it uh, circles the dummy warhead and shoots beams of light at it, and it tumbles out of the sky. And they press stop, and they turn to him and said, "What was that?" And he said, "Looks to me like we got a UFO." And these guys in suits cut that bit of footage. This is according to to Robert Jacobs. Cut that portion of film footage out. And it was never seen or heard from again. Men in Black? I don't know. You tell me. Well, we've done several shows on it, and I'm still not sure that I know what to say about the Men in Black. Now, there's a couple other things that are interesting about the survey, but the one thing that was really provocative, in a sense, is would President Barack Obama or Mitt Romney, the challenger, handle an alien invasion better? And Obama won 65% of the contest. Is that because maybe they thought he'd send drones out? To kill E.T.? <laughs> you know, your guess is as good as mine on that one. I mean, perhaps they think he's got a cool temperament. I'm not sure. What do you think? Well, you know, it might be that. I mean, he has his credentials. He got rid of bin Laden, so I guess they figure he can get rid of E.T. Let me give you some information here that you probably don't know, and I'm not going to hold you to it here. But we see the survey about a third of the people in the United States believe in UFOs in 2012. Back in 1996 from George Magazine, based on a survey, they decided that 74% believed in U.S. government was involved in cover-ups. What was the percentage? 74% believed the U.S. government was currently involved in cover-ups. 74% in 1970 what? 1996. Oh, sorry. 1996, 74% of the American population believed that there was a government cover-up regarding UFOs. Right. Now, okay. Newsweek poll. 1996, 48% believe UFOs are real. 48%. 1997, Gallup, 48% again. So it looks like the number of people who believe in UFOs has gone down. Now, Life magazine, let me see. What they say is that 49%, this is in 2000, 49% believed the U.S. was withholding information about UFOs, 49%. So in that poll, it's the downward trend. 43% believe they were real. So what I'm seeing here is that over the years, we've reached kind of a peak. Half the people believe in UFOs. Now it's down to a third. Or maybe it's because people are really 
more concerned about their lives and not so much about UFOs, and they don't consider it. Is that part of it? Maybe the population's just doubling so quickly that those younger generation has yet to be exposed to some of this good material. That's a topic we've gone through sometimes in discussions in our forums, why younger people aren't interested. And now let's get to the nuts and bolts of the show here a little bit. And that is, with chasing UFOs, do you think the way you have it set up here, you know, a lot of action, trying to get a, build a lot of action, quick cuts, everything like that, trying to get younger people intrigued by the subject? They are definitely going for that demographic, no question about it. And, you know, I've produced, directed, and shot three films prior to this, which I'm quite proud of. However, they didn't rate that well. Uh, I thought I know what I saw was going to be ahead of the park. I really did. Um, granted, we didn't do a whole lot of promotional stuff for it uh, with the History Channel, and it did okay. The numbers were okay, which I was rather disappointed about. They, this is not generally a format that I adhere to. However, television is changing. People are growing accustomed to these rapid cuts, People's attention spans are diminishing, and it's, it's unfortunate, but it's just kind of the way it seems to be going. So I've tried a number of platforms prior to this, and there's future platforms that I will continue to try as well. And this is just one of them, you know. A lot of people in the UFO community are like, oh, God, James sold himself out. Well, in some respects, you could say that. But in other respects, this production was going on with or without my participation. I mean, it was, it was a green light. And I really feel like I brought a lot of good stuff to the table and will continue to do so. Would I like to have a little more control in post-production? You're damn right I would. But I, I'm not the expert in what seems to sell good TV these days. It's amazing for me to, to, to have the opportunity. Having said that, it's amazing for me to have the opportunity of someone who's been an independent you know, filmmaker doing things on a shoestring budget to have the level of support and backing of an organization like National Geographic. And I think that there's a fine balance of good content and entertainment and that fine balance is what i'm trying to uh, help encourage to find do you know what i mean we have james fox he's one of the three people who appear in the new national geographic tv series called chasing ufos that premiered on the 29th of june so many of you neighbors have seen it already we'll get back with more with james fox we have gene and chris because you're in the Paracast. The GCN Radio Network, providing the world with hard-hitting talk radio. G-C-N. Great talk radio starts here. We also have swag. You know, we have all these exclusive Paracast things that you can buy. We've got like, I guess, 60 or so different items. And entails t-shirts, sleeves for notebook computers, iPad cases, mouse pads, the Paracast Jumbo Tote Bag... All sorts of T-shirts and jackets and stuff like that for men and women. We have a Paracast aluminum water bottle. All this stuff, you go to store.theparacast.com, store.theparacast.com. What makes it special is that the items are the best quality. You know, great T-shirts, fabrics, and they have our official logo on them. That's what makes them special in multiple sizes and colors. We even have stuff for children. Stuff for women, stuff for men. We have all sorts of sizes, like small up to X large. A lot of good stuff. That's the swag from the Paracast. 
you go to store.thepowercast.com, stop by and take a shopping tour. For a long time, you've heard me talk about building your own food supply with eFoods Direct. As a listener, you know why you need to have a supply of the best storable food on the planet. Every day, we document the attempts to take control of our lives. But there's one thing we can all control, your greatest dependency, food. eFoods Direct products are made with only the best ingredients and none of the trash and contaminants like trans fats, GMOs, or MSG. This food is nutrient-dense and tastes great. It's simple to make, portable, and has a shelf life of up to 25 years. Now with eFoods Direct, you'll get the most affordable, best-tasting food you can buy. And the new products and pricing will blow you away. Compared to other food sources, including home-cooked meals, you can cut your food cost in half. You just can't afford to ignore this. Call 800-409-5633 or go to eFoodsDirect.com forward slash Alex for specials. Don't let this offer pass you by. Call 800-409-5633 or eFoodsDirect.com forward slash Alex. More of the best for less guaranteed. If you owe money to the IRS, you can't make the problem go away by yourself. But with the help of Dan Pilla, you can get your problem solved once and for all. Hi, I'm Dan Pilla. For 30 years, I've helped thousands of people solve their tax debt problem, and I can help you solve yours, too. We take a very simple but proven three-step approach to solving your problem. First, we stabilize IRS collection actions so you don't have to worry about the IRS seizing your bank account or paycheck. Next, we build a comprehensive plan to get your tax debt reduced to the fullest extent possible, sometimes even completely eliminated. And finally, we work with you every step of the way to get your problem solved once and for all. Call us for a free consultation. Call 1-800-346-6829. We'll work together to get your problem solved guaranteed. Dan Pilla has been protecting taxpayers from the IRS for three decades, and he can help you too. Call us today at 800-346-6829. That's 800-34-NO-TAX. Hello? Congratulations. For what? For losing all that weight. How'd you do it so fast? ASAP. ASAP what? What's that mean? Are you ready to get as skinny as possible, as soon as possible, as simple as possible, and as sexy as possible? I'm listening. Then get with the ASAP program. It's real and it works. No smooth talk, no slick advertising, and no exaggerated claims of success. I've got to know more. Welcome to ASAP, as slim as possible. Whether you have 10, 20, or 50 pounds to lose, ASAP is your weight loss answer. ASAP targets the abnormal fat reserves and makes them available to be burned as fuel and contains no caffeine or hormones. Order ASAP at wholesale prices or join the team to share the business with others. Visit GCNteam.com or call 877-878-4203. GCNteam.com or call 877-878-4203. Lose weight and look great with ASAP, as slim as possible. This is Jacques Vallée. You're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. With Gene and Chris on the Paracast, James Fox, after three years, returns to tell us about his involvement with the new National Geographic show called Chasing UFOs. Now, James, as you know, some of those previous ufo reality shows have gotten a bit of a bad rap like one in which a certain publisher of a ufo oriented magazine <laughs> wears a hat Let's all the time see, we who might that be 
<laughs> certain person who, shall we say, was co-author of a book. Starts with a B, ends with a B. Well, I think that's it, yeah. But we know, for example, Chris was interviewed on that show, and they moved the entire location of what he was talking about from San Luis Valley to Sedona, Arizona, which is an amazing feat of geographic <laughs> expertise or manipulation or science fiction. Yeah, that that was rough, uh, which leads me to a question about how much uh, involvement you actually have in, in selecting the cases that you're going to be presenting on the show. And, and if you're not involved, who exactly is making these selections and what sort of process, to your knowledge, uh, do they have in place to go out and um, actually send you guys around to particular locations uh, to study particular cases? How does that work? Well, what we did this time around is I was involved in the research sort of pre-production quite extensively. And I and I picked a lot of, like, for instance, in Arizona, I picked uh, Travis Walton. I contacted him and decided, hey, what hasn't been done with your case? What would you like to do? And he talked about, you know, revisiting the actual site and taking a look at some of the uh, abnormal growth ring patterns with the, you know, with the tree rings, and, and specifically at Ground Zero. Um I never really had the manpower or the financial backing to do something like that, so I proposed doing that idea. What they wanted as a production company, because I guess the viewers kind of love this, is we take it on kind of like a an adventure, a trip, a traveling adventure of uncovering things and moving to different locations and doing all that. So, you know, and a lot of times what would happen is I'd say, hey, you know, I really want to go to Snowflake, Arizona, meet with Travis Walton, possibly some of the other witnesses, and go up to the site and revisit the site and do the application of some new science to determine whether or not, it, indeed, that spaceship did, in fact, affect the plant life around that area, which is a great opportunity. But it wasn't just about going there for that case. It's like, all right, well, what other kind of activity do we have in Arizona? You know, we're talking about, of course, we can't go there without mentioning the Phoenix Lights. Uh, there's other people that shot some videos that were rather interesting. So it's like you have this sort of sense of adventure and you string the whole thing together. That I had nothing to do with. But some of the cases I brought to the table, like, for instance, I said, hey, we should go check out what see what Open Minds is up to. We should go and see, uh, revisit the Travis Walton case. And then in terms of, like, and that's what I said to you guys earlier, is, like, well, I would have liked to have had more control in post. Unfortunately, I didn't have that. Um, I did have some level of, of, of oversight in terms of the people that I brought personally to the table uh, for accuracy, you know, and I screened to the best of my ability that stuff prior to going uh, being locked. But, you know, like uh, I really pushed hard for Virginia, Brazil, you know, um, the, the 1996 case because very few people, Americans, know about the Roswell of Brazil, you know? We've, fact, we've mentioned it on the Paracast. We've had a couple of shows on that because we've had the key A.J. Guevara, the key Brazilian investigator, who would yeah, have been a amazing. great interview. He's just a, a really fun person. He would have been a great Absolutely. interview. Absolutely. We, we interviewed him in, in, in Brazil. Matter of fact, I have one of our translators that's visiting with me now that was in Sao Paulo. Actually, he traveled to Virginia with us. He actually went a week in advance and helped locate witnesses, that sort of thing. So, you know, I pushed hard for the Virginia case. You know? how, about, how about Kalara? Did you uh, did you visit that? Uh... I wanted to do that. That's an amazing case. You know, I think that took place in the 70s. and But, you know, geographically, it was just all the way on the other side of Brazil. It was really difficult to coordinate. We only have a week to shoot a full episode 
that's a lot of shooting and 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 the amount of effort it takes manpower to shuffle all the gear and all the people around it's i've never worked in you know with this structure i mean it's not just like pick up your camera bag and jump on an airplane how many you people in the see, crew you should see the level well it depends you know when we get there we meet usually meet up with at least three four five people you know we have translators coordinators that sort of thing mm -hmm. it's it's a big production it's 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 amazing actually what it takes but unfortunately that seems to be what's happening today now in reality television is that the the budgets have gone down you don't have the time frame that that one used to have to produce a one-hour show you know you've got a week it's very challenging and but that's to get the competitive edge that's what's happening in the in the tv world today you know scripted it. series also james scripted series they also have the constraints where you know you got to film the thing what in about a week and it's got to be almost motion picture quality it's it's insane i mean the the, the amount of effort that goes into it the amount of man hours the amount of filming hours I mean, it was full tilt boogie. We barely got a chance to just enjoy the, all these different places that we went to because it was just, you know, full, full on. And and that's another thing is it's like, you know, if the show does well, hopefully it will. I, you know, I hope so. Uh, I'd like to have more control in the future of this stuff. I understand how things are working a little better now, but and and you know, if the show does well, you have a slightly larger budget, you have a little more, a little bit more time, a little more wiggle room. Um, there's there's so many factors involved with this stuff, but. You know, the fact is, is that reality TV these days, it's just, it's, there's a lot of pressure on the executives to produce, you know, a lot within a very small time frame with a small budget. So that's just kind of what's happening. You know what I mean? Is there a we tendency here, or is any pressure on the part of the producers, and you may not want to answer this question, but certainly it's out there, to telegraph or hype specific elements of a story in order to get the audience? You know, um, in terms of like the the straight interviews, um, I don't think so. But in terms of like you know night investigations and going out, yeah, there's tremendous pressure. You know, and and sometimes, you know, we should be spending a week out into the night sky when we only have one night. You know, or maybe two nights. Um, well, that first episode, month. you sure lucked out on the one night you were out. Although I, I yeah, I we didn't did. We got lucky twice. twice. I didn't see the uh, writer the... films. I mean, writer films something that, that Ben was unable to 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 bunk at all. Which is pretty unusual because Ben's—he's a very bright guy and he's always constantly looking for a sort of a trustful explanation. Not to say that those are always apply for for all the video footage and photographic evidence out there, but it's certainly in some cases I was fairly impressed with with at least an attempt to explain some stuff. And he was he was pretty much speechless on that one. I don't know that was really strange. We should give the background of this. This is the first episode, which is on the 29th of June. Of course, it'll be repeated. It usually is with cable TV, and this particular episode. They cover the Stephenville, Texas case of several years ago. And, in fact, the title of the episode is Texas is for Sightings. <laughs> and you guys go there. And what you did, which I thought was interesting, is you have kind of a town hall where you invite the locals to come in and to report what happened to them. I thought that was a good way to build a lot of information real quick. That was really cool, you know. Uh, that was something that I'd mentioned that uh, had happened the first time I went there in 2008, because I was actually filming some shoots for, uh, sorry, pickup shoots for. I know what I saw, and I had I just happened to have a crew with me in Phoenix, and it was early January of 2008, and suddenly I got a phone call about this massive sighting in Stephenville, and so I just so happened. 
we were going to fly to O'Hare and investigate the O'Hare case. We canceled that trip, went straight to Stevensville, and there was this massive town hall meeting. Like, all these people showed up. It was amazing. Steve Hudgens was there at the head of MUFON, and um, it was packed. I mentioned that to them, and I thought, well, that's a good idea. Maybe we should consider trying to put something like that together. And we weren't sure if anyone was going to show up, and the place was, like, for the better part, packed. It was amazing. And, um, what, you know, to my surprise, the town hall meeting was nearly packed. And it was on a Sunday, you know, and I think it was, yeah, it was coming up before the Christmas holiday. So it was amazing. You know, what's amazing is enjoying this session with James Fox, one of the three participants of the new TV series, Chasing UFOs. Don't forget, neighbors, you can also find us on Twitter. That's where we are. We are the Paracast on Twitter. So send us a tweet if you have some comments to make about the show. With Gene and Chris, you're in the Paracast. America's number one source for independent talk radio for over a decade. We are the GCN Radio Network. Ray Perkins, a reclusive veteran burned out from the Gulf War, lives tortured by relentless, perplexing nightmares. Nightmares of a horrific battle in deep space and of a mysterious woman suffering in agony for her devastated world. A woman not yet born, calling across centuries to him. Then, a coincidence leads him to his destiny, his chance to alter the universe. Attack Attack. of the Rockoids. The former fiction editor for Star Wars and Indiana Jones, Robert Simpson, writes, The soul of the novel Attack of the Rockoids lies in its heart and passion for building a convincing tale of a love that spans the galaxy. A thrilling story. Attack Attack. of the Rockoids is available now. Read a sample chapter and get a special discount off of the cover price at our website, rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Attack, attack of the Rockwoods, a novel in the grand science fiction tradition. Now at DeseretFoodStore.com, sign up for a one-month supply of delicious food for only $99 with free shipping. That's right, only $99. Gourmet restaurant-style meals with a 30-year shelf life. Packaged in heavy-duty Mylar bags for easy transport and freshness. Meals like stroganoff, lasagna, teriyaki, five-bean chili, granola pancakes, and much more. Visit DeseretFoodStore.com, spelled D-E-S-E-R-E-T, FoodStore.com, or call 801-444-1444. Food for now, food for life. 37 things to hoard. Do you have the 37 crucial food items you can't survive without? When disaster hits and mobs go crazy grabbing food off the shelves, your family may be without food or waiting in long food lines. Prepare now at 123survivalplan.com. That's 123survivalplan.com. Many people don't have these 37 food items. Learn what you need to hoard now at 123survivalplan.com. Watch the video over 1 million people of you to discover the 37 food items that will sell out first when disaster strikes at 123survivalplan.com. We want to know, how do you use WebEx? The smartest thing my company did was to give us WebEx. I'm in sales, and now I get twice the meetings, close twice the business, and make twice the money. I guess I should say thank you, thank you to the folks in IT. The new free version of WebEx meetings lets you take your office anywhere, your desktop, laptop, or mobile device. Get your free WebEx meetings basic account now at WebEx.com. WebEx from Cisco. W-E-B-E-X.com. 
WebEx.com. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. Have you ever wondered why banks, stockbrokers, investment advisors won't talk about gold IRAs? They've been available since 1986, yet the financial industry won't recognize the value of gold for your retirement. Gold has outperformed paper investments, yet no word about IRAs. If you would like to have gold for your retirement, call 800-686-2237. Don't get left behind by rising inflation and low returns. Call 800-686-2237. Secure your future and call 1-800-686-2237. George Washington said, Government is not reason. It is not eloquence. It is force, like fire. It is a dangerous servant and a fearful master. America's government is no longer the servant of the people and the protector of our liberty, but has become that fearful master. We the people must understand the nature of this government gone awry if we are to be successful in saving our country. America is being deliberately destroyed by a cabal of international gangsters so that she can be forced into subjugation to a one-world government. The God-given, unalienable rights of the Declaration of Independence are in jeopardy. We must not let them be stolen by ambitious and evil men. Utopia Silver Supplements believes it is our God-given right to make our own health care decisions however we deem best. If we can help you with your supplement needs and better health, then help us win this health freedom battle. Visit us today at utopiasilver.com. That's U-T-O-P-I-A silver.com. Or call 888-213-4338. Again, 888-213-4338. This is Jerome Clark, author of the UFO Encyclopedia and other books. You're listening to the Paracast. We have James Fox. He's one of the three action heroes in chasing UFOs from National Geographic. And we're going into the first episode where they go into the Stephenville case. They do a little night watching and they're lucky. Now, obviously, people who are watching the show for the first time or are skeptical of reality shows. When you were doing this nighttime thing, you didn't invent a light in the sky. You saw one, right? Yeah, no, that, that definitely was not invented. That, that really happened. I was about 200 yards away when it did, and I heard her screaming over the walkie-talkie, get your butt over here, you know? I would have loved yeah, to have heard her without censoring the word blank UFO. Yes. Yeah, she definitely has a penchant for, for <laughs> yes. I, I, I think her dad excited, must have been you know? a sailor. She, she was very excited because that was, that was pretty rare. Now, how did she come into this, in this show? Did she believe, disbelieve? Was she neutral? Was it just a gig for her? What? She was raised in the Hudson Valley area of New York, so she's kind of grown up knowing that this stuff's been going on because, you know, the night sees the whole Hudson Valley sightings. And so she's always had an interest in it, and then she inadvertently got involved with a TV reality show called Destination Truth. And she was actually applying for a different position altogether, and I guess they said, hey, how would you like to be one of the cast members? You know, and she's a, she's a hardcore woman. Let me tell you, this girl is fearless. She's very strong. She's, she's, uh, she's not as scared to do anything. Um, she, I've seen her, you know, climb trees and jump off things and rappel down cliffs. I mean, she's she's pretty hardcore. So and she so would have made it well. as a stunt person if she didn't do this. She would have totally made it as a stunt person, exactly. Um, she is so a superhero. She is a total superhero, and she's she's beautiful superhero. And yeah. She's incredibly capable. I was very impressed with her ability to co-executive produce a TV show, which is a lot of a lot of work and simultaneously 
be on as cast. I mean, I, I okay. So she's it. the co-executive producer. Wow, I didn't know that. Yep. Yep. Okay. Interesting. So she's yep. the co-boss. She's the co-boss. She's in the field. She's running the game. Aha. Uh-huh. Now you're skeptic. How yep. did you pick ben. ben McGee? Ben was picked. Now I didn't pick him. See, this show is this show. They sh- okay. I'll back up a little bit here. Sure. There was probably a year to a year and a half ago, maybe a little bit more, um, there was a sizzle, which is like a little demo reel, shot by Ping Pong Productions in Hollywood. They found, uh, they did some internet research, and they found this very brilliant paper written on, uh, I guess, you know, I'm not doing it justice, basically it's the plausibility of you know, extraterrestrial life from a geologist standpoint, where you might most likely find it. Very, very beautifully written, and they caught the eye of, of this production company, so they contacted this guy, Ben McGee, who turned out to be a, a geologist and a, and a radiation specialist. Um, he actually holds the top-secret clearance, and he, um, he, you know, they approached him. He's one of the hey, men in black right now, stop. <laughs> he, probably, he probably is. And they approached him, and I guess Ryder and, and, and Ben McGee shot a sizzle, which was then picked up by Nat Geo. So it was a done deal. I had nothing to do with any of that. I was later approached, probably months later, after the sizzle was shot, after the, the ball had started, you know, sort of got rolling. And I was approached by this production company, and it's like, hey, possibly come on board for research, and maybe we have a position in opening up as a, as a, as a cast member. And I thought, well, that's, this could be an interesting gig. Nat Geo, you know, and um, I wouldn't mind getting involved with something that possibly could help me, you know, uh, increase my personal exposure and possibly my previous works, and hey, this could be an interesting gig. But they weren't sold on a third person, Nat Geo wasn't. And so I, you know, I auditioned once, then I auditioned a second time, and um, I wrote, we we put together a number of letters, why I would be good, you know, on the show, and what I'd have to offer, and and they just barely said it right towards the end, right before going in. I mean, within a week of going into production, full phase production, um, they said, "All right, we'll put James on uh, on as the third cast, and we'll have him on probation for the first two episodes out of eight, and we'll have one of our producers in the field with you for one of those episodes." So I was sort of, you know, scrutinized my every move. Listen to all my OTFs, my on-the-fly or in-the-field commentary and that sort of thing for the first two episodes. And then they said, hey, you know, I think James has a lot to bring to the table and brought me on board. And that's how that happened. So it could have been a dynamic duo instead of a dynamic trio. Exactly. It was, it was going to be a dynamic duo. So I think that, you know, I, I, I'm quite confident that my contribution made the show, um, certainly added to the show. Nobody got me to say anything I didn't want to say. And I, the nice thing is, is that I get to view my, my point. Um, I can say whatever I want about whatever case. I can put my foot down and say, I think this case is most likely a UFO or possibly ET or a comment on Travis Walton. That's nice. Um, but like I said, you know, in terms of having full control in post-production and, and exactly Never uh, the methodology happen. used to string all this stuff together, unfortunately I don't have. Uh, much cool. I'd like to get some more, and I got my foot in the door, and and uh, so I think it, you know it's it's a risky venture, but it's also a very exciting venture. And it's like I said, I can't emphasize to you guys enough how much difference it makes having an organization like National Geographic behind 
what what we're doing. It's just it makes a lot more things possible. Well, certainly National Geographic has an image of a state organization very serious. So if they're really pushing the UFO angle to the hilt, I guess it is something you have to take seriously. Well, you know, they're, they're, they're testing it out. They're seeing, you know, what, what can be done, what's good. And I think it takes a while to, you know, fine-tune a show to, to get the right balance going. Uh, I, I intend to, you know, fight along the way. Um, I'm open to all to see all feedback. I know there's certain limitations with broadcast TV. I'm sure you guys are perfectly aware of that. Sure. But there are also things that can be done and changed and adjusted, and and um, and I fully intend to to work with all the tools at my disposal to ensure that's done. You know, I think I think a very fine, finely balanced show could be put together that's entertaining and exciting, adventurous, but also informative and accurate. And that's ultimately what my goal is on this series. Now, are you going to do any exposing of the fakers or just ignore those things? Good question. I, you know, I don't even really have time for it. And um, it's because what's the point? You know what I mean? Like, we're really, when, you know, none of us were happy, we're crazy about the terminology chasing UFOs. But, you know, we are in pursuit of, of good cases, good evidence, and, and I want nothing more than the best evidence, the best cases. Do you know how much I would love to go to a crash site like Roswell or, or, or you know, Tigman, Arizona, with that one, or Kingsman, Kingsman from 52? Sure. Yeah, I'll go to one of these sites with all the proper tools and other, uncover evidence. That, I would like nothing more than to do that. And that ultimately is, is one of my goals. Well, I have, um, I, you, should, you should talk with Chuck Wade. He's sitting on some material that's very unusual, some metal. Uh, shards that he was able to gather on the plains of San Augustine, which is uh, one of you the know, auxiliary I, 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 sites. While we're on the topic, you guys, seriously, if anyone out there is listening to this, this, this broadcast, please, please, please contact me personally through my website, I know what I saw, the movie.com. I know what I saw, the movie.com, and let me know about these cases because. I will fight tooth and nail to get all the best stuff I can. I'm surprised uh, you guys didn't. I'm surprised you guys didn't come up to the San Luis Valley and talk to me. It's America's number one hotspot per capita. Wait, hang on a second. San Luis Valley is that? Excuse my ignorance. I think I've been there. Isn't that? Don't they have like a UFO tower out there? Yeah, there? that's a bit of a joke. But if I was going to put a UFO watchtower anywhere in the United States, that's where I'd put it. Okay, well, then you know the UFO watchtower I'm talking about, right? Yeah, Judy Messaline's little alien tchotchke shop. Yeah. I used to live exactly. about, about yeah, 15 miles there. from we there. Did, we did go through Lewis Valley. We really did. And you didn't talk we to did me? Go through there for our, it's Colorado episode. Right, but you understand that Chris has written some very important books on that subject. On, on San Luis Valley? Yes. The only reason why anybody really knows about it is because I put 13 years field investigating there and investigated thousands of reports there. Wow. So that, it really is a hot spot, isn't it? It is the hottest spot in America per capita, um, I think five of the top 11 counties in the United States per capita are there, including Sawatch County, which has over 250 sightings per 10,000 population. Is that like a, like a little portal or something? I mean, because is, is that near Salida? Correct. Okay, well, that's, that, that would explain the, uh, what's his name's video? Um, Tim Edwards. I'm drawing a blank. Tim Edwards. The gentleman with, yeah, Tim Edwards. Thank you very much. We got to meet with his entire family and also the, the, the daughter and the father, who was there at the time, he filmed that. Well, you know, for season two, you ought to talk to Chris. We have James Fox, one of the three members of the team 
of Chasing UFOs. With Gene and Chris, you're in the Paracast. Are you tired of searching for great talk radio? Something more important. Search no more. We are the GCN Radio Network. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. If you'd like to listen to GCN programs on the go, I have great news. GCN has created a Droid and iPhone application, and it's free. Just as easy as going to GCNlive.com, click on the banner and download. Before you know it, you'll be listening to your favorite hard-hitting GCN shows, live or on demand, right on your Droid or iPhone, 24-7 and on the go. So download the Droid and iPhone app free by clicking on the banner at GCNlive.com. Thanks again for listening to GCNlive.com. Again, that's GCNlive.com. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. Have you ever wondered why banks, stockbrokers, investment advisors won't talk about gold IRAs? They've been available since 1986, yet the financial industry won't recognize the value of gold for your retirement. Gold has outperformed paper investments, yet no word about IRAs. If you would like to have gold for your retirement, call 800-686-2237. Don't get left behind by rising inflation and low returns. Call 800-686-2237. Secure your future and call 1-800-686-2237. Hi, I'm Dr. Joel Wallach, the Dead Doctors Don't Lie guy. There's no reason why you shouldn't live to be at least 100 and have a great time getting there. And I'm going to give you a free copy of my lecture that tells you exactly how to do it. In fact, after you've lived a long and healthy life, there should be only two documents in your medical chart, a birth certificate and a death certificate. I'm Dr. Wallach with a warning. If you have a four-inch medical chart, if you take prescription drugs for high cholesterol, high blood pressure, arthritis, joint pains, and other health issues, the medical profession is failing you. They're using you for an ATM machine. My free lecture is going to reveal what pharmaceutical companies don't want you to know. There's been groundbreaking research and discoveries on how to effectively treat or eliminate over 900 different diseases naturally. And it's all in my free lecture called Deadly Recipe. So call toll-free 1-855-79-YOUNG. Again, that's toll-free 1-855-79-YOUNG. 1-855-79-YOUNG. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. With Gene and Chris on the Paracast, we are chasing UFOs. With James Fox, one of the three members of the team of the Chasing UFOs TV series. And we've acquainted James with now something for season two, which is to explore what Chris O'Brien has done with the Mysterious Valley. If you want, you should get a hold of Chris's books on the subject. Oh, yeah. I would love nothing more. Yeah, it's... Uh, I was the, very treated. Also a really beautiful place. Yeah, America's Tibet. God, it really was. I was so impressed. Well, we I just mean, had I, a, an outbreak of flying humanoid sightings. We've had 20 in the last two years, nine within the last four months. God, bizarre. Any good photographs? Uh, one cell phone footage by a, a police officer. Wow. Bizarre. We're putting together a seven-camera, 24-7 high-def surveillance setup on cell towers and mountaintops. What do you guys think? Speaking of surveillance cameras, what do you think of the ranch that Bigelow has been funding? I was the first investigator up there back in 96. I was the one that told Terry about Bigelow and, and Lawrence Rockefeller. Really? Yeah. So that's, that's, that's the real deal, is it not? Yep. 
The whole area, the whole Uinta Basin has amazing activity. Very credible sources that that's really going on. Well, you should read Frank Salisbury's book, uh, The the Great uh, Utah UFO Display, that he wrote back in the mid-'70s about the area. Wow, phenomenal, man. What do you think it is about that region? It's a rent in the fabric of reality. It's some sort of egress point. There's there's some sort of uh, doorway there. It moves around too. I think I, it's not only on the uh, the Sherman Ranch or the Gorman Ranch, as the book calls it, but it's in that whole Fort Duchesne, Vernal, Roosevelt area, and then south into the heart of the Uinta Basin. That is some of the spookiest uh, territory in the in the whole country. Did the Native Indians leave any indication that that was going on while they were there? Yeah, yeah, and, and not only there, but uh, all over the Southwest. There's been incredible activity recently on the Zuni Reservation on the border between New Mexico and Arizona. Uh, They've had some really impressive sightings that even the Navajo Rangers are coming out and talking about up around the Four Corners area. Uh, This is all recent stuff. Phenomenal, man. Isn't it incredible how much of this activity has been going on, is going on, and most likely will obviously continue to go on, and yet most of the world just doesn't have a clue? No, that's that's true. It is. Doesn't it it blow you away? I mean... I was on Fox News today. You have my sympathy. Yeah. Did you know when they came out with the health care ruling where they upheld the individual mandate, two of the cable networks got it wrong. They decided that the mandate had been struck down by the Supreme Court. One was CNN, which apologized pretty quickly. The other was Fox News. No relation. Let me guess. They didn't apologize. They did in writing. I mean, there is a written memo because what happened in... Judge Roberts' decision, you had this two or three sentences, and they read the first sentence and reported what happened and didn't read the second sentence, which explained everything. Wow. Somehow that doesn't surprise me. But in any case, this guy just stood there with this incredulous look. Shepard, do you guys know who he is? Shepard on Fox News, Shepard. Oh, yeah, I know. I know who he is, yes. Okay, well, anyway, you know, he sort of stood there with this incredulous look on his face the whole time, and I just thought, oh, God. You know, and that's like the quintessential reporting on UFOs. And I just thought, this guy hasn't got a clue in his organization. Could you imagine if, like, one-tenth the resources went to, that went to, like, the Monica Lewinsky or Elia Gonzalez stories would go to this and how potentially explosive this would be? <laughs> yeah. What, what is going on? Yeah. To me, it's like you're just not in the know, buddy. You just don't know. You know, you just don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, we really Quite care about Lindsay Lohan's traffic accidents. You know, but a part of me that's going, gosh, you know, if if this is the kind of stuff that rates well, my God, I picked the wrong industry. You know, yeah, um, it's it's it's, a little well, it's, it's the American you know? pubic, I mean, James. The American, they say that no one's ever gone poor, James. James, it's the American the pubic of the American public. Right? No, the American pubic. Forget the L. <laughs> This is family radio, folks. Let's not get beside ourselves. Chris, right now, he's thinking because he's here and because he figures that he's here in person, I'm not going to cut him off, but I will because he knows I have my fingers on the mixer here and I can just turn that down and that's it. But seriously speaking, you know, this presents, let's consider the obstacle in investigating UFOs. We have MUFON, we have scattered organizations around the world with a few thousand members. We have some reality shows, but the budget you guys have is a fraction of what any cable news outlet has 24-7. And imagine if you had a Woodward Bernstein type of investigative reporter who went after the UFO mystery with 
a decent budget. And okay, take six months, take a year, figure out what's going on. What do you think they'd come up with? Uh, that we're being visited. Pushing up daisies. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Even better. Exactly. It's probably a more accurate description of what the end result of that investigation would. Would. would yeah. I. I. It's. It's funny because I remember going to commercial break when we did a. We did a segment. There was one episode of all the nine. I think it was nine appearances that I helped organize for uh, the Larry King shows. But there was one in particular where I literally had it my way. I got to pick everybody. They said at the end, uh, I took like several weeks to put it together, but they said at the end of it, we, we have to have a counter viewpoint. We have to have someone on. I'm sorry, but we have to do that. And I said, okay, well, I didn't have a choice. So I think I picked, I want to think I picked James McGaha that time. I'm not sure because he seemed like he was easily debunked. But not only that, but they said we won't have him on until the second half. So if you guys ever get the opportunity, it was in November of 2007. It was like John Callahan, Governor Symington, um, uh, Colonel Holt. Um, it was uh, 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 Paniston, and we had a satellite feed-in from Denmark with, uh, with, with Nick Pope. And I and myself for the first half of the entire uh, CNN live, you know, Larry King thing show, and it was amazing. And I remember when we were going to commercial break the second time around, you know. And granted, you know, we have certain obviously time restrictions, but but hey, man, it was live and we were going, and no, you know, it was amazing. Went to the second commercial break, and Larry looks over at the, at the governor, and he looks over at Peniston. And he looks over at Colonel Holt, and he says, um, "Wow, this stuff is this stuff's real, isn't it?" And they kind of nodded and said, "Yeah, yeah, this is really happening." And he had this look on his face, and he had this look like, "Holy moly!" You know, um, it was like this sort of revelation. The gear, you could see the gears turning on the inside of his head. Like here's a guy who's been in this industry, the news reporting industry, all this time. And he was having this revelation like, hey, maybe, maybe there's a lot more to this than what we've all thought. I'll never forget that moment. It was very exciting. But, you know, and then I talked to him later about it, uh, Larry King, and he said, I'd like nothing more than to have the definitive piece of evidence. And if you ever find it, you come to me. And no matter what I'm doing, I'll, I'll make sure it gets reported on. So it's like, on the one hand, you have the, you know, Iconic figures in the media saying, hey, I'd love nothing more than to break this story. I'd love it for it to be true. Then on the other hand, they're not out there going digging for it. And they're not putting the resources and the manpower. I mean, CNN during that period did quite a bit. Did, don't you think we did? CNN, I think you did a lot. I mean, if you go with somebody like uh, Shepard Smith over at Fox News or any of these TV anchors, they're not really interested in doing journalism. They're just reading a teleprompter or maybe interviewing guests or interviewing other reporters. It's not like yep, it was yep. when Walter Cronkite was doing it. Yep. I almost got to Walter Cronkite, by the way, you guys. He got a little ill. I was trying to get to him in 2000. Was that 2007 or 2008? And I had a preliminary interview secured with him. And then 
he got sick and I never got it back again. But I'd really like to know what his takes are. What speculation that would be. Don't forget, neighbors, you can also find us on Twitter. That's where we are. We are the Paracast on Twitter. So send us a tweet if you have some comments to make about the show. We have James Fox. You're on with Gene and Chris. You're in the Paracast. How did I do, guys? Ray Perkins, a reclusive veteran burned out from the Gulf War, lives tortured by relentless, perplexing nightmares. Nightmares of a horrific battle in deep space and of a mysterious woman suffering in agony for her devastated world. A woman not yet born, calling across centuries to him. Then, a coincidence leads him to his destiny, his chance to alter the universe. Attack! Attack! of the Rockwell. The former fiction editor for Star Wars and Indiana Jones, Robert Simpson, writes, The soul of the novel Attack of the Rockoids lies in its heart and passion for building a convincing tale of a love that spans a galaxy. A thrilling story. Attack, Attack of the Rockoids is available now. Read a sample chapter and get a special discount off of the cover price at our website, rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Attack, Attack. Of the Rockwell, a novel in the grand science fiction tradition. You may snicker when you hear this message, but you won't laugh after you experience the best kept health secret ever camel milk. Camel milk is loaded with health benefits far superior to other milk. Camel milk has antibacterial, antiviral, and anti tumor properties, is rich in B vitamins, and camel milk is three times higher in vitamin C than cow's milk and ten times higher in iron. And camel milk contains 52 units of insulin-like proteins per liter, effectively lowering blood sugar levels. Many of our members testified that drinking camel milk reversed diabetes and greatly improved autism. Camel milk is easily digested by those who are lactose and beta casein intolerant and comes fresh or frozen from your trusted local family farm shipped on dry ice to preserve freshness. Go to CamelMilkForSale.com now and look under Products and Pricing for the Spring Special with free bonus pints. That's CamelMilkForSale.com, CamelMilkForSale.com. So you don't want to carry a gun, but you do want to ensure your personal safety. Then empower yourself legally with self-defense products from StunGunMikes.com. Stun guns come in more shapes than just what you see on TV. Now you can get a powerful mini stun gun that fits in the palm of your hand, a stun baton, or a cell phone or lipstick stun gun. StunGunMikes.com also carries real spy gear like bug and metal detectors and discreet car and home security cameras that hide in almost any type of everyday object, from alarm clocks to pens. Now you can see how your babysitter really treats your children. Go to StunGunMikes.com, spelled just like it sounds. StunGunMikes.com Buy real spy gear from StunGunMikes.com just like the exact same spy gear sold to the government, military, corporate security, law enforcement, and private detectives. Empower yourself with self-defense products now from StunGunMikes.com Did you know that 50% of heart attacks are brought on by infections? Did you know that hospitals are breeding grounds for antibiotic-resistant bugs like MRSA? 
The environment is infected with parasites, and the mild winter means ticks with Lyme disease, mosquitoes with West Nile virus, and cold and flu viruses will be on the rise. Protect yourself with nature's natural antiparasitic, antiviral, antifungal, antibiotic, Allicin, the heart of garlic. Get concentrated protection with Ali C and Ali Van from AffinityHealthProducts.com. One capsule of Ali C equals 40 cloves of garlic or 100 garlic pills. With no garlic breath, Ali Van has Allicin in spray, liquid, and cream forms with three times more strength than leading brands and cost less. Go to AffinityHealthProducts.com, spelled A-F-F-I-N-I-T-Y, HealthProducts.com, or call 877-888-7126. That's 877-888-7126. Protect yourself with Ali C. or Ali Ban from AffinityHealthProducts.com. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And if you'd like to catch up on past episodes, we have hundreds of shows for you to download direct from theparacast.com. That's theparacast.com. Or check us out at iTunes. We have James Fox. He is one of the three members of the team chasing UFOs for National Geographic Channel. The premiere episode began Friday, June 29th, two episodes at 9 and 10 p.m. The first episode covered Stephenville, Texas, and as we've already hinted, we did a little bit of a spoiler there. They see something. They couldn't identify or expect. Maybe E.T. was watching them. I thought you guys were going to introduce me as my, my, my real true action hero, G.I. James. Is that... Is that <laughs> G.I. James, not- I like it. That's good. Okay. Actually, he auditioned for Robin in The Dark Knight Rises, but Robin is not in that film. I'm sorry. G.I. <laughs> James strikes back. This time, he's pissed off. <laughs> Don't tell the production Somebody, company they'll use it in the next promo. Somebody wronged him. Nobody wrongs G.I. James. Well, I've got a couple of observations about the production uh, techniques and, and some of the choices that have been made. Um, we should basically first point out that Chris O'Brien here has done documentary films. Yeah, a number of them. In fact, we won the EB Awards at the UFO Congress this year with uh, It Could Happen Tomorrow, uh, the doc that I cut. Um, and I've oh, been I'd love to see that. 50 shows. Uh, Nat, Nat Geo did contact me, but Bree did not follow up, so I didn't. Um, I didn't go chasing after them. I used up my Warholian fifteen minutes of fame twenty years ago. So, um, I tried. I tried desperately to get Ping Pong Nat Geo to go to the conference. I said, "My God, we have a wealth of stuff all happening in one spot. We have this organization that's paid to fly all these people in from all over." And Chris would have bought you lunch. Yeah. Incredible stories, exactly, you know, and they tried, and some things overlapped, and it's just silly. But, you know, what I'm really hoping is that in in the future I'll have a bit more power. You know, I, I got my foot in the door. They are listening, and my, my previous works, I, I sent a four-disc DVD set. I sent 50 Years Denial out of the blue, the revised version of Out of the Blue, 2006 release. And I know what I saw, as well as the raw uh, material from the 2007 November uh, National Press Club event that, that Leslie Kane and I did. Right. And those have been circulating headquarters. And, they, you know, the feedback I'm getting, you know, the president of National Geographic, all been watching this stuff. And 
been very, very impressed. You know, I don't think they realized how much to UFOs there was. So, in in, in some ways, I'm 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 slowly influencing the powers that be, in my little way. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, that's good. I'm we need somebody a, like you on the inside. Uh, you know, jerking take, some chains. I'm taking a few hits on the in the UFO community as a result of it, but I'm I'm prepared to take a bit of a risk to get into the arena and see what kind of things I can shake up. Yeah, yeah, we need all the inside guys that we can we can get. I, I think it's really good that you're doing it. And I'm, I'm really impressed with uh, the production quality, um, but I, I do have some questions about some of the um, decisions that were made to do specific things, like go out and check for physical evidence, metal, uh, in the dead of night in, uh, you know, ankle-deep water would be one and also whose idea is are those face cameras that 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 can't be they're, uh, very, they're very flattering aren't they it, it's just it to me <laughs> they're, they're so hokey and you know maybe in a ghost show or i think one of you even joked in the first episode that it reminds you of blair witch project it does but but that's not necessarily a good thing um is yeah, that no, one of the no, constraints, we were, we were though, totally that you have care. the success of Blair Witch and the so-called found footage, and therefore everybody now has to emulate that? Yeah, you know, apparently some – I don't watch TV. I don't know if you guys knew that. I don't even have a television. So, Neither do I. Um, but from what I understand, there were a few shows that introduced that style of, of filming at night, and it was just a major overnight hit. And uh, and other shows have, have tried to emulate that, and for some reason, viewers love to watch people at night creeping around, uh, looking for stuff. Looking you know? for metal, physical evidence at night. Uh, well, something and, about know, that. There were just times, didn't... like for instance, when we were at Roswell, we were looking for metal all day. I mean, I was out there. I couldn't have been happier. I was like a you know yeah a, a pig in in doo doo, and. Um, <laughs> Uh, yes, family radio reaching the edge of reality here, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Speaking of pigs, did you did you ever get any shots of the big pig that was stalking you? It seemed like you had a like a secret admirer in the bushes there, buddy. All right, guys, I was going to say something else. I realized it was not appropriate. So, but um, but I was I was I was really happy, and and we we stayed out, and and I said, hey man, can we can we uh, can we stay out here a few more hours after sundown? And we did, and it kind of made sense because. We were out there for five hours in daylight, and I was, you know, hell-bent on, on finding something. Um, we had a geologist, you know, Frank Kimbler out there with us. We had, obviously, you know, Ben McGee, who's a geologist. We were looking around ant uh, hills and, and animal burrows and areas of runoff, and it was very exciting. And we ended up going in, moving into darkness, and, and working, operating under the, the cover of darkness. But... You know, there are other instances where we're out there, like, for instance, by the grist mill, where it just didn't make any sense. It was like, really, why are we out here at night right now? You can see so much better. So there were times when it was like, all right, I can see how this makes sense, and times where it just didn't make sense. But, but fortunately, you were saved not... by, by getting that great footage. Yeah, you know, exactly. We got some good – yeah, there was times when, like, hey, you want to be out under the night sky trying to get a glimpse of, of, of area, potential areas for hotspot areas, obviously. Um but there are times when we're doing stuff going, why are we doing this at night? You know, I mean, it's ridiculous. We should be out here during the daytime. So that's a little frustrating, and I think things will change uh, for future episodes because, uh, you know, people like Ben and myself are really going to put our foots down a little bit from time to time and say, all right, you know, we understand we want to uh, create a sense of adventure and be out under the cover of darkness certain times, but other times it just simply doesn't make any sense. Yeah, and I agree. Um, also, um, I found it um, pretty interesting that um, – that you should have uh, the kind of gear that you have out there. 
that's one thing that I, I was uh, impressed with is the the kind of technology that, that you're bringing to bear. I mean, it, I, I would be like a kid in a candy store with the kind of uh, gear I'm sure that National Geographic has access to. What other types and of you know gadgetry what? are you going to be bringing out? Here's the really cool thing is that if we can't afford it, and you know we can get a lot of cool gear, but if we can't afford it, a lot of the companies that produce that gear, provided we plug them, will let us take it into the field. Yeah. Product so we can placement. Really have, wow. Yeah, so you see what I'm saying? So sure. the cool thing is, like, if, hey, if, if this show does well and I, and I have more say-so, which I, I, I certainly plan on, uh, on uh, arranging, I'll be able to come to specialists like you guys and say, hey, you know what, let's go revisit a crash site and let's take all the tools we need necessary to get our butts out there. Do you know what I mean? And really see what we can uncover. No, I Wouldn't hope I'm on the cool? top of your list. You know what I mean? Well, wouldn't that be cool? Yeah. Well, I know like Chris you likes know. to travel. I'm a hermit. I've told people that. I don't go out. I just simply stay in my studio <laughs> and I write and I edit and I produce. And if I go out, you know, people just scream, oh, him. Forget it. <laughs> Chris is agreeing. Well, you know, it's uh, when you know, Chris that's... is here and he does his rare appearance in the studio as opposed to remotely, he wears shades. Well, I was like a kid in the candy store. At the Ro- I'll tell you, man, being at the Roswell crash site for me, was something I've been waiting for for 20 years. I'll tell you uh, what, was, we can't wait for 20 years for this. We have James Fox <laughs> with Gene and Chris. You're in the Pyrocast. The GCN Radio Network, providing the world with hard-hitting talk radio. GCN. Great talk radio starts here. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter, and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that, too, in Graphic Converter. Also, print catalogs convert from so many formats i can't even list them download now to see if graphic converter is good for you like one and a half million other users guess what you could save money when you buy graphic converter use the coupon code night owl use the coupon code night owl to get a special price for graphic converter go to lemkesoft.com that's l-e-m-k-e soft.com lemkesoft.com l-e-m-k-e soft.com Love gardening but don't love seeing your hard work destroyed by wildlife? Then use the number one most effective deer and rabbit repellent you can buy, PlantSkid. PlantSkid repellent protects gardens, trees, and landscaping by emitting an odor that browsing animals associate with predators. So animals avoid plants before they nibble, not after. PlantSkid is made in the U.S. from non-toxic, 100% organic, environment, and pet-friendly ingredients. Other repellents wash off in the rain. Not PlantSkid. It's guaranteed to outlast all other repellents. PlantSkid was the first animal repellent to be OMRI listed organic and now comes in liquid spray, powder concentrate, or easy-to-use granular. Just sprinkle around your garden. For proven protection from deer, rabbits, squirrels, and other small rodents, use PlantSkid. Member tested and recommended by the National Home Gardening Club. Find a dealer near you at PlantSkid.com. That's PlantSkydd.com. Ask about our new vole repellent when you call 800-252-6051. That's 800-252-6051. PlantSkid, proven plant protection, guaranteed or your money back. 
Survival is not about the end of the world. It's not about a hypothetical plane crash or the latest violet storm. Survival is about the satisfaction of knowing you can take care of yourself and your family in any situation, anytime, anywhere. CampingSurvival.com was started in 1956. No, not the .com part, the survival part. CampingSurvival.com has over 17,000 urban, wilderness, and preparedness items. Supreme customer service. Very low shipping and no games. We look around to make sure we have the lowest prices. And CampingSurvival.com is 100% USMC veteran-owned. Don't base your survival on the latest spring-up on the Internet company. Do business with an authority on survival. CampingSurvival.com. Use coupon code GCN at checkout and CampingSurvival.com will take 5% off your order. CampingSurvival.com. Confidence born of preparation. We want to know, how do you use WebEx? I live in my car, sometimes a rental car. Every day, I find a nice, quiet place to pull over and meet a client through WebEx, face-to-face on my smartphone. This is the way to do business. The new free version of WebEx Meetings lets you take your office anywhere, your desktop, laptop, or mobile device. Get your free WebEx Meetings basic account now at WebEx.com. WebEx from Cisco. W-E-B-E-X.com. Webex.com. We the people grow cotton, weave fabric, engrave ink, embed strips and fibers to protect from counterfeit and carting to a private bank, having it lent back at interest, forcing taxes to service debt. This capitalism, or was Jefferson correct when stating a central bank issuing the public currency is a greater menace to the liberties of the people than a standing army? Hi, Ted Anderson. I'm placing a free silver dollar in a book that explains our monetary system. Call for your copy, 800-686-2237. It's time to understand the system. Call 800-686-2237. That's 800 686 this is Hilly Rose, and I hope that you do listen to the Paracast because you will learn a great deal about the paranormal. We're having a great time with James Fox. He's one of the three members of the team of Chasing UFOs. And Chris has been going over some of the technical aspects of the production of episode number one, which covered Stephenville, Texas, where James and Ben and Aaron were lucky to see something. Chris? What was the final upshot of the analysis of that footage? Uh, It looked perfectly circular um, when it sequenced, the light sequenced. What did Ben think? What did the other... uh people in post think about that i mean you, you, i don't think well, here's here, here's one of the things that we want to that we want to uh change for if this goes to a next season and i think it, it got more in depth as the show progressed but the way it was structured it didn't leave us a whole lot of time for the analysis at the end and, and myself and nat geo and other people in the production were like hey look we really need to spend more time on the analysis otherwise you're leaving the viewers hanging exactly and we really 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 it hit home with that. Unfortunately, that wasn't the case. It seems really light on the backside for the first couple episodes. However, there were changes. I know that we all flew down for Brazil and Mexico and others to give a little more meat at the back end and, and continue to do so. And I knew, even Nat Geo had mentioned something about that. But the analysis work, see, I've been kind of out of the loop. The analysis work primarily is left for laboratories, and they really do send stuff out, by the way. Uh, to, to labs for it now. I've got a lot of the documents. But that stuff's been, been sort of Ben and Ryder's uh, end of things. So, you know, I think that, that more of an effort 
uh, needs to be made at the end of those shows to, to properly evaluate that that stuff. But in terms of what the end result was with that, was uh, was we don't know what it was. Well, it was impressive, uh, I must say. Well, I thought it was pretty impressive, too. Yeah, it was, was a one-in-a-million chance that you got that night, footage. I couldn't wait to get it on a bigger screen. Do you shoot in HD? Oh, yeah. Okay. Because they didn't send us HD on the press's DVDs. It's just standard definition. I don't know. Maybe they figure Blu-ray costs too much. No, they wanted to get two episodes Oh, really? On they, you guys standard def on the DVD? That's right, huh? Because standard DVDs are just that, aren't they? Yeah. You couldn't fit two episodes on one disc. For Blu-ray, you could. Ah. Blu-ray, it's only 46 minutes an episode. On Blu-ray, you could. And that also, I guess, is one key question here. The constraints to get all this to fit into, what, 44 to 46 minutes after the commercial announcements. Yeah, you know, we had an amazing, I mean, it was, God, it was so good. We had a couple of interviews that were just so good. One of them was this very spirited debate between John Alexander and myself. And I have, you know, tremendous respect for someone of his caliber to come forward and write take such a strong position with UFOs. However, I strongly disagreed with him about the cover-up aspect. Right. He doesn't, he doesn't buy that. We had a debate with him and Stanton Friedman a couple of years back. I suggest you oh, listen that to much. it. I bet you Stanton Friedman ate him up for lunch. Mm, it, he held his own pretty well. But one thing that I asked him, which he didn't Wait answer. Wait a minute. John Alexander held his own against, against Friedman? Yeah. Yeah, he did. I mean, they both, you know, had intangible, uh, you know, unmovable positions. So it was more of a Mexican standoff. But one thing he could not answer was why, in his book UFOs, he did not mention the National Security Administration once. The NSA is really the sleeping dog in all this. I mean, they have data that would just just blow our minds. I'm I'm sure of it. Oh, I mean, come on. You know how many times I've talked to military witnesses that said they handed off the evidence and it was never seen them? And I said that to John. I'm like, John, he's like, well, that's just, you know, it slipped between the cracks. I'm like, no, evidence of a flying saucer doesn't just slip between the cracks. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I don't buy that. You don't, oh, it just got lost in a file somewhere. Yeah, right. Landed flying saucer at Edwards Air Force Base just got lost in a file. Yeah. Not buying that. Well, in, in the fact that he never mentions the NSA once in the entire book, that to me is is quite disingenuous. Yeah, it's interesting. What did he say about that? He didn't. He dodged the question. He did not. He did not address that. Well, Stan must have pinned him against the wall. No, he didn't. He had a chance to, but he didn't. Stan was busy ba- banging his own drum. <laughs> Stan was being a gentleman. Yes, and and of course in in his, uh, his the Friedman style. I, I you know I I've often said. Uh, you know, there's there, there so much internal um, bickering, we're like a bunch of old ladies going on in the UFO community that we're sort of our own worst enemy. Yeah, they don't. And you know, and I, on the one hand, I can see you know why these things happen, and you know, I, I'm all for you know embracing diversity in thoughts and and and. and yeah, and, we're all part of a big team. We should right. all be working together. You know, the Rodney King right. School. Right, right, right. But why can't we all just cool? get along? Yeah, remember, remember when he said that? He just died, you guys. I know. He just found it in the bottom. It was so funny how they, like, the report I heard was so brief. It was like, Rodney King found dead at the bottom of the pool. No foul play anticipated or, or, or yeah. you know, thought of. And I thought, well, wait a minute. He's dead at the bottom of his pool. There's no foul play. Not to say there's some big conspiracy here, but. Yeah, it kind I of mean, reminds me of Brian Jones when he died in 68. I know, part of the Rolling Stones. 
Yeah, wow. He well, was, yeah. well, getting back, getting back to uh, to episode yeah, one before we. Episode, uh, sorry. Well, anyway. Um, yeah, before we move on to the second show, um, what did you come away with uh, in Stevensville, and how come I never heard anything about the uh, alleged flyover of the Crawford Ranch? And uh, some of the military activity, there was a, a major time lag between the military acknowledging that they had flights up in the area. I mean, it was a, a number of days before they I had uh, interviews lined up with Robert Powell, extensive, you know, discussions with him. He was all set to do it. And for whatever reason, the powers that be decided not to discover that. And I think they felt like it had been kind of done, been there, done that. They wanted to do a fresh new kind of angle on it. You know, there was the Ricky Searles had come to me and he said that after his sighting, yeah. he started to investigate. James, you, you could have used that to your advantage and, and said the, the Air Force declined to comment when we approached them or they declined you to are, meet with us or something. You, you could are, have, you know, put a little bit of some choir. heat on them. You are speaking to the choir. Believe me, I was like, wait a minute, this is really significant. And there's so much stuff like that that just, you know, ends up either on the edit room floor or ends up not happening. Like, I'll give you another example. I was pushing the whole time to have this analysis work done with Frank Kimbler. We had found a laboratory in Los Angeles that was going to do the type of na analysis necessary. It's extremely expensive for free, provided they get plugged on that geo. Then Frank Kimbler didn't want to, to hand his stuff over. I don't blame him. He didn't want to hand his stuff over to some lab via FedEx, only to be sitting with you know some intern for God knows how many endless weeks that they said it was going to take. He was worried he's never going to see these things again. He's like, look, I'll bring them to the lab personally and hand them over. And I want to meet the guy. You'd think, hey, all this effort, let's fly this guy out, put him up for a couple of nights and make this happen. Didn't happen. To me, that was a class A screw up. But I didn't have enough control, you know. I didn't, there's nothing I could really do about that. But there are things like that that happen, like, you know, things get left on the back burner. I don't know. The constraints uh, of time where things have to be on the cutting room floor that may be really great for an episode. Maybe you should do like a super episode sometime with a continue. That's another interesting point here. Obviously, each story has to be dealt with in the confines of a single episode. You've never considered or would you consider for season two if things go well, having one subject basically continue to a second episode? I think it's a great idea. A follow-up on, on a certain thing. I think it's a brilliant idea. You know, yeah, the case would have to be compelling angles. enough to do that. Yeah, you know, sometimes you have... Well, I'll tell you, you know, when I was in... Gosh, guys, I don't know if... I'm sure you probably know probably more about this than I do, but when I was at the grist mill interviewing Rick, Rick, Ricky Searles, he's the deer hunter that was underneath that craft that was so big he couldn't see the edge in any direction. When he looked up at it, and he was just studying the metal worker as well, and he was studying the, the fabric, the, the metal of this craft... He was describing that there was no rivets, no seams, no welds. There were these recessed, like co inverted cones in the belly of the craft. And he, you know, he's like, you could land an airplane on that thing. It was so huge. And right after the interview, it was outside. It was in the daylight. It was kind of sprinkling that day. A gentleman walked up to me, and we had the whole, you know, Nat Geo crew there. Big, when we travel in a big group. And this gentleman walked up to me, and he says, uh, he pulls out his badge, and he says, Sir, can I talk to you for a minute? I'm Officer Blank. I'll tell you what. We'll find out what he told the crew. We have to break. We have James Fox with Gene and Chris. You're in the podcast. America's number one source for independent talk radio for over a decade. 
We are the GCN Radio Network. Whether it's personal mail, whether it's business email, you want reliable, dependable delivery, freedom from spam, freedom from viruses. Well, Polaris Mail offers professional email hosting services for your personal or small business use. Each account uses 25 gigabytes of storage, an easy-to-use webmail interface, and full mobile sync. Sign up today for a 30-day free trial at PolarisMail.com, PolarisMail.com. So here's what happened. I was placing an order online. The site went down. It just stopped responding. It took hours before it returned, but I'd already placed the order with another company. If your site goes down, you could lose business. And if you have a business or personal site, you'll want to know it's easy to run and it will stay online. At iWeb, your site is hosted on one of the most reliable networks in the world. Check it out. iWeb.com. That's iWeb.com. In a coming-apart world, you need something to keep it tied together. That something is Atwood Rope, the highest quality rope made in the USA from exotic braids for military, rescue, arborists, shipyards, tow line, or boating. Quality rope at affordable prices you and your customers can depend on. Find a dealer or shop online at atwoodrope.net. Enter promo code RADIO to receive 100 feet of 550 paracord free with purchase. Atwood Rope, working to keep the world tied together. 37 things to hoard. Do you have the 37 crucial food items you can't survive without? When disaster hits and mobs go crazy grabbing food off the shelves, your family may be without food or waiting in long food lines. Prepare now at 123survivalplan.com. That's 123survivalplan.com. Many people don't have these 37 food items. Learn what you need to hoard now at 123survivalplan.com. Watch the video over 1 million people of you to discover the 37 food items that will sell out first when disaster strikes at 123survivalplan.com. Emergency Essentials has Mountain House deals in June. Today only, Emergency Essentials, the 24-year leader in emergency preparedness supplies, does it again. With up to 25% off Mountain House foods. Don't miss these savings. All Mountain House number 10 cans are 20 to 25% off during the month of June only at BePrepared.com. Mountain House foods have superior taste and a scientifically proven 25-year shelf life because they start with fresh or frozen foods, then cook, prepare, and finally freeze-dry them. All the goodness, flavor, and taste are locked in as if handmade from scratch. Mountain House, the same great meals enjoyed by campers and outdoorsmen the world over. Hurry through today only. Call 800-999-1863 to experience exceptional customer service and the BePrepared.com low price guarantee. That's 800-999-1863. The choice is clear. Be unprepared or BePrepared.com. Healthy soils grow healthy plants. So before you plant your survival garden this year, is your soil healthy? Maximize your crisis garden soil with EM1 from Terraganics. EM1 organic soil conditioner, fertilizer amendment, and compost accelerant provides healthier gardens and faster, efficient garden composting. EM1 from Terraganics.com quickly improves soil structure by increasing nutrient availability and converting organic matter into soil humus. This improves seed germination and root growth, improves plant quality, size, color, flavor, nutrient 
nutrient value of fruits and vegetables and improves shelf life. And when rain is not in the forecast, no worries. EM1 improves moisture retention in soils, helping reduce drought stress. Just like you prepare all else, prepare your crisis garden for maximum yields with EM1 from Terraganix.com. Order now at T-E-R-A-G-A-N-I-X.com or call toll-free 866-369-3678. That's 866-369-3678. Terraganix. Life's getting better. This is Jerome Clark, author of the UFO Encyclopedia and other books. You're listening to the Paracast. We have James Fox, one of the members of the Chasing UFOs team with Gene and Chris on the Paracast. And you started talking about this person you met outside after doing this interview who yeah. had some more stuff to present to you. Well, yeah, he, he approached me, and he pulled out his badge, and he said, my name is Officer Blank, and he showed me his badge, and he was an officer, and he said, I'd like to talk to you. Great. I told uh, one of the members, actually, I think I got in a little trouble because I disappeared for a bit, but I, I did tell one of the, the staff that I was going to head out for a moment, and we nipped around the corner to this little cafe, and he kind of looked over both shoulders and he looked around. He was very paranoid, and he said, I, I need to tell you something. He said, uh, that craft that Ricky Sorrell saw, he said, I saw that thing too. Matter of fact, all five officers on duty in the region saw that craft. He said it was about the size of two department stores. One or two, I think he said it was two. But that it was moving so slowly and it was so close that he pointed his radar gun at it and got a, got a, a hit on it that it was traveling at 22 miles an hour. And there was another officer that night that he, I'll tell you one more little tidbit he shared with me. He said, he said they were looking at it. Another officer was looking at it from a vantage point from a hill, sort of down on it. You see the top of the craft; it was really low. And he said there was a truck driver, a guy driving a pickup truck that drove underneath it. He said that guy got one heck of a sight. This police officer videotaped one of one of the, of the craft from one of the cars, the cams in the car. And that video footage was taken back to the local police station and they all looked at. Apparently it was pretty good. Well, the local military base took that video footage. And he said, I can't do any of this on the record. I just wanted you to know that's what happened. Oh, boy. I'd love to see the cutting room floor. Really? Well, no, this was, this was not on camera. This was just he pulled me aside. But the fact that this police officer pulled me aside, showed me his badge, talked to me about the whole incident, he just wanted me to know the truth. And I was just, you know, it's really, that's pretty shocking. As a feature on our show, we open up a thread at forum.theparacast.com to our many forum posters so that they can ask questions of our guests when they're on the air. And I have a question here from Polterwurst, who's been a, uh, a member of the Paracast for about a year and a half. And he says, James, have you ever looked at a possible paranormal connection in UFO sightings? Judging from the number of paranormal witness-type TV shows, there should be at least as many good UFO witnesses as there are ghost and haunting witnesses. So why not make another film, like I Know What I Saw, featuring the most credible paranormal witnesses? Maybe look for commonalities or differences between the two fields, uh, UFOs and the paranormal. Also, uh, he mentions uh, doing something on re reincarnation or uh, near-death experiences. Lots of solid research and credible people talking about it, like... You wouldn't believe if you think there's just a religious or esoteric issue to this. Um, what about that? Do you think there is a connection between, uh, is there some paranormal aspect to UFOs in your, your uh, estimation? 
Uh, you know, it's, it's a great question. Uh, l- let me start off with the second uh, bit first because it's kind of fresh in my mind. I just lost my father about a month and a half ago. I actually watched him make, as he made the transition, I was in the room. And I, uh, and I watched my mother pass as well. Fortunately for me, I was in the room for both of their transitions. And with my mother, about a minute or so after she stopped breathing, this, uh, you know, I don't know how to describe it, whether it's a, it's something you see or feel or, or both, but it was like this, uh, this string of silk sort of exited the back of her neck as she was lying down on the bed. About a minute or so after she stopped breathing, it exited very smooth, very fluidly, and it was, I was standing up just to the left of her, and it went around my neck like a silk scarf and then shot out the window, very smooth, very fluid. When I watched my father pass, his wasn't so smooth, it wasn't fluid. It, it, he stopped breathing. He was a quadriplegic with multiple sclerosis, so he'd been suffering for a while, but uh, very much enjoyed life and, and did amazing things while he was here. But his sort of, you remember that jack-in-the-box, and it boing, and it pops out? That's what it was like with my father's spirit. It sprung out of him, and it bounced up to the ceiling and looked down at us. Now, I know anyone out there could say I'm crazy for saying this, but I don't really care whether anyone believes me or not. That's what I felt at the time. It was as real as me talking to you guys right now. And a very good friend of mine, Tim Coleman, who co-produced Out of the Blue, just recently did this uh, film on life after death called The Skull Experiments, um, in, in which it's phenomenal. He spent like five years documenting uh, these alleged conduits, I'm not sure what you'd refer to them as, mediums, that get in touch with the spirit world. And, and uh, this guy's a very bright guy, former BBC correspondent, very well-read, articulate. You know, If there was nothing to this, I promise you he wouldn't have spent five years on it. And the results of his, of his investigation and his film were truly phenomenal. So I'm all open for something like that. But the, the problem I have with that is there's only so much time in one's life put aside for these projects. Like, when I finished I Know What I Saw, I didn't think I had it in me to do another UFO film. But I really feel like I fell short on, uh, on this, uh, this subject. I wanted to put a film into theaters with definitive evidence from around the world, and, and I didn't do that. Uh, I got close, but the uh, investors I had on board weren't willing to take the chance necessary to enter the film into film festivals and ultimately get it into theaters. Um, they had an, We had an offer on the table from A&E, and they weren't going to not take it, and I, they outvoted me. So I had to go with it. So I really want to set my sights back on this initial project of creating a higher-end version of I Know What I Saw, but more around the world, better evidence, recent stuff, um, you know, cases like the Virginia case and, and uh, cases in Chile and Africa, you know, the rulers in Zimbabwe and, and all over into Japan and China and Russia. It may be a two-hour special or one-and-a-half-hour special, I don't know, but we're sort of fine-tuning it right now. And the really cool thing is that uh, a lot of the contacts I'm making now with, with National Geographic is really helping me with that project in, in mind. So I'd like to do, to, I'd like to accomplish that goal first before I embark on, on other paranormal projects, but I'm, but I'm always interested and fascinated, and I'm sure there must be a connection. A fast showbiz question. Do you feel being part of chasing UFOs, especially if it goes on for a number of years, you're typecast, oh, he's the UFO guy? Absolutely. 
Absolutely. No question about it. I think it's already too late. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> yeah, I think it's probably too late. But that's okay. Um, you know, I've done other smaller projects. I did the film called The Good Fight. I did a short film on the, uh, that I'm working on on the uh, BP oil spill. I have a rough cut done of that. I'll probably have another six months of goat on that one. Um, I, made a, I made a short movie on um, for a, a scientist that goes to uh, Antarctica every year, and his effort right now is trying to save one of the last bodies of water where you can actually uh, watch the interaction of species as they've been doing so for millions of years, sort of untouched, unmolested by man. And uh, it's called the Ross Sea. And so I'm, I'm working on those projects. I did, a, I did a, what's called a webisode for members of Congress to, to highlight some of what's happening up there. Um, I did a piece on uh, the old growth giant sequoias uh, in the Sequoia National Monument for uh, to try and shed a little light on what's been happening up there and get that in the hands of the Park Service. So I have my other little side gigs, and the UFOs uh, seems to be something that kind of keeps me going. Um, I've never made a lot of money at it. For those of you out there that think I have, I haven't. Uh, I have zero savings in my savings account. I'm struggling right now to try to pay for a house. Um, but I seem to be making it work somehow some way and in terms of whether or not i feel like uh i'm going to be pigeonholed as uh, the, the ufo guy i think it's much too late for that <laughs> i think it's fair to say to people who look at tv as this rich source of riches people making tens and tens of millions of dollars <laughs> you know you're hired help oh, for man. a reality series you know the pay may be nice but it's not that nice no no it's, it's nothing to, it's nothing to speak of i mean it's funny it's like you know, here I am on television and uh, right now, and, and I'm probably broker now than I've been in five years. But, you know, I'm, I'm used to being, I, I can handle being, <laughs> you know, I make my money in spurts, and I, 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 I've got a couple films in distribution, and I'm working those deals, and I have a lot of overhead right now because I just bought a house. I've been living, I've been living in a house for 12 years and renting, and um, no, no savings whatsoever. But uh, I had... I put all the, film, all the money I made into my movies. But I had uh, the landlady lose her job, and she really needed to sell the place, and I put a lot of money into it, and she made a deal with me. And so, uh, fortunately, I was able to, you know, basically do a, a loan through her, not the banks. And it kept me in the place, and I'm just, you know, trying to pay it off as best I can. I got a couple little rentals that I built on the property with all recycled materials that I got from from locals in the area so basically you become work, a landlord yourself guys. you're becoming a landlord yourself we gotta pay a few bills here we're talking to james fox with gene and chris you're in the Paracast. are you tired of searching for great talk radio something more important search no more we are the gcn radio network Hi, Ted Anderson announcing a great way to listen to radio on the telephone. By calling 760-569-7700, you'll be hearing GCNlive.com programs in seconds. Come to GCNlive.com, find your favorite host's dedicated phone number, and hear them 24-7. You heard me right, every show has a dedicated phone number. Stop by GCNlive.com and bookmark their number today. And again, that's 760-569-7700. 
We the People grow cotton, weave fabric, engrave ink, embed strips and fibers to protect from counterfeit, and carting to a private bank, having it led back at interest, forcing taxes to service debt. This capitalism, or was Jefferson correct when stating a central bank issuing the public currency is a greater menace to the liberties of the people than a standing army? Ted Anderson, I'm placing a free silver dollar in a book that explains our monetary system. Call for your copy, 800-686-2237. It's time to understand the system. Call 800-686-2237. That's 800-686-2237. Don't throw away leftovers. Instead, throw all your leftovers, vegetable peels, eggshells, coffee grounds, pizza crusts, and more into the Bokashi. If you love to garden and compost but don't like the hassle of turning a compost bin or the smell, then check out the EM Bokashi Food Waste Recycling System from Terra Organics. Finally, a way to recycle all your food and plant waste safely and effectively and stop using fertilizers. The EM Bokashi Food Waste Recycling System. Rather than decomposition, the Bokashi system uses fermentation to break down waste, so it takes less time to create nutrient dense humus for crops or gardens with no turning and no obnoxious odors. To learn more and order your Bokashi online, visit Terraganics.com and click on the orange button. That's Terraganics.com, spelled T-E-R-A-G-A-N-I-X.com or call 866-369-3678. That's 866-369-3678. Recycle all your food wastes in about six weeks with the Bokashi Food Waste Recycling System from Terraganics.com. Terraganics, life's getting better. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. I'm going to really nail it next time. Yeah, we have to tell our listeners here that one of the featured spots on the Paracast is to get to say those two words. As, of course, James Fox has discovered, of course, Bryce Sable. But when people like Nick Redfern come on the show, he doesn't say that. He just laughs. He laughs like the shadow. The shadow knows, and then Nick Redfern gives us well, he gives us more of a resonant laugh. But we'll go. (laughs) We have James Fox, part of the team producing Chasing UFOs, on the Paracast with Gene and Chris. And now we're asking your questions, listeners, posting. In the question bank over at forum.thepowercast.com. Chris? Correct. Uh, One of our longest-time listeners and forum posters, Cotton Z. Way, who's been been posting for uh, seven years almost, six and a half years. He must be very tired. (laughs) He asks uh, an an interesting question. You know, we were talking about other side projects that you've been involved with. Now, I remember back in 2010, I was really uh, following your work down in the Gulf, uh, uh, as soon as you would post something uh, on YouTube or I'd hear an interview or any sort of radio thing or uh, podcast thing, I would be glued uh, waiting to hear news because there was such a news blackout about that that god-awful BP oil spill. Uh, Cotton Z. Way wants to know, do you have a planned release date for your pretty slick documentary about the, uh, about the spill? And also, do you have any other ideas that are either work, you're working on or considering to do a documentary on outside the UFO subject? Now, we've kind of talked about that, but, but what about your documentary about the, uh, the Gulf oil spill? I, I finished a rough cut of that. I signed a contract with MTV. It's a, it's a subsidiary of MTV. It's the contract with MTV, and I'm trying to remember the name of the other uh, parenting company. But in any case, uh, and I produced a 97-minute rough cut of the film, which was pretty good. And then they they reviewed it and they said cut it down, 
and make some changes and add some additional stuff to it. So I went back to the drawing board. I went back to the Gulf a year later, uh, which was last year, and I reshot a whole bunch of great new material, unfortunately sad new material, on the piece and started to integrate that back in and got probably, I don't know, maybe 40% done. And then the National Geographic gig came and was just all-consuming. And um, and now I am seeking post-production funds. I probably need about three months with post-production funds to have uh, the film complete. And, um, and I'm sort of setting my sights on that a little bit right now. But uh, like I said, it's been all consuming doing this National Geographic gig the last, last six, seven months. So yes, I do fully intend on getting that film out. And the irony of it is it's almost good that uh, because it would have been ideal to get that film out exactly on the one-year anniversary, but it just didn't happen. I got close. But the fact that I didn't means that now I've logged, you know, followed the stories of all these people uh, at the time, a year later, and then now uh, two years later. So, um, you know, when the film comes out, it will have the 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 event itself and then the aftermath uh, two years later. When is uh, some PR guy from BP going to come with a big Samsonite filled with uh, with old $100 bills? <laughs> You'll be the first people I call if that happens. Yeah, please. Uh, oh, here's another question from uh, this one from Boomerang, who's been a poster for about a year and a half. And by At- the way, I won't account for these names, Poulterwurst and Boomerang, Boomerang. and... Return visits the next yeah. one, I think. Cotton Z Way. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Fox, there are numerous accounts on record of what appear to be standard military aircraft involved with or in pursuit of UFOs. The Cash Landrum case is a classic example, as is the Stevensville case, um, which you were not really able to cover because of time constraints. But do you think the jet fighters and helicopters observed as part of these events are genuine terrestrial aircraft? or another aspect of the illusion created by the phenomenon itself? The question basically is, do I feel that, that we're actually pursuing these, these objects? Mm-hmm. Now, Linda with, Howe would with, say, uh, for instance, uh, helicopters seen around cattle mutilation sites are holographic images put there by the aliens to fool us, which I don't give one uh, bit of uh, credence to, but... But uh, are we dealing with the military monitoring these craft and following them, or do you think the the phenomenon is supplying this visual data for us to uh, to throw us off uh, off our game? Well, if you've got an idiot like me out there chasing UFOs with limited resources, then I can only imagine with proper resources at, at one's disposal and a curiosity and a methodology to monitor the airspace, then why wouldn't they be? And I say they, and that's the military. Of course they are. Especially right. if they're flying they around Bush's work. ranch. You bet they'd, they'd marshal their resources, uh, especially if you have uh, an object that, that uh, is a mile uh-huh. wide uh, f- flying into restricted airspace around Bush's uh, Crawford ranch. Oh, yeah. No, they scrambled jets. You know, I heard a pretty damn credible source from, well, obviously there's been a number of cases, but one in particular. Uh, the governor of Fife Simon had told me that, that they scrambled jets from Luke Air Force Base to intercept that, that object. And I, I wish like heck I could remember the, the guy's name uh, or more details, but basically there was an F-16 scrambled to intercept whatever the heck it was that was flying over uh, Phoenix, March 13, 1997. And when the pilot returned, they had to pull him out of the cockpit because he was so terrified. Wow. 
Do you do you remember? Because I actually I actually heard a recording that was given to me by a researcher, and I believe it was one of the the airmen that helped pull this guy out of the craft. He was he, he was rocked to the core by what he saw. There have been a number so, yeah, of I mean, accounts like that. Yeah, you know what we do if I take uh, any kind of plane and I fly over sensitive airspace, specifically that of like Area Fifty One or something. You don't think the military is going to send up aircraft to investigate? No, they're just going to uh, shoot you down. Speaking of which, did you attempt? Did you attempt during the show, or have you so far? Do you plan to? Did you attempt a flyover of Area Fifty One? <laughs> That'd be like definite jail. Uh, there's really, but it would sure make the headlines. <laughs> there's reasons why I can't even talk about that on the on any of the episodes because of the sensitive nature of one of the co-hosts uh, employment. Uh, That's as far as I'll go on that one. Well, the plot thickens again. Yeah. He's one of them. <laughs> he looks innocent enough. Looks can be deceiving, though. He's, he's one of the brightest people I've ever met. Yeah, he seems pretty on the ball. He's definitely a scientist. Do you think at the end mm-hmm. of the series you're going to make him a believer? Do I think? Um, there were times in the interviews where I would look over at him, one of which was with Apollo 14 astronaut, Gary Mitchell. He's also applying to be a, uh, an astronaut. And there were times when he would look over, you know, I'd look over at him, and he's, I could see the gears turning, you know. What if? What if? What if? But he's a scientist. He wants to see tangible data. You know, let the data speak for itself. And I don't blame him, you know. And, and, uh, and he hasn't had a whole lot of experience other than what we just did talking to witnesses but he was very on a number of occasions he was very intrigued he really was i mean how could how could you not be right i mean you'd have to really have your head in the proverbial sand pile not to uh exactly. not to at least be intrigued enough to look into it further yeah you know i i must say there are a handful of people out there dr jalen heineck being one of them that that um uh really swayed me quite early on. You know, when you hear from someone whose job it was to investigate sightings for the Air Force for all that, was it, 48 to 69, and then say the things he did post-Blue Book, uh, you know, uh, and then see what he what sort of stunts he pulled during his time at Blue Book and grudge and sign and everything else. And, of course, Swamp Gas. Yeah. We can't forget that. Yeah, I remember Wally, Swamp uh, Gas. Michigan I was, 66. I was working. That's my first that was, job. That was, that was from the Michigan hearings. Sure. Michigan that was my first job, by the way. I was working for Saucer News with Jim Osley, and that story came across our table, and we covered it. How about them apples? Okay. We have that James Fox. That is so cool. Hey, that, so- we have James Fox from the Chasing UFOs team. You're on with Gene and Chris. You're in the Paracast. We also have swag. You know, we have all these exclusive Paracast things that you can buy. We've got like, I guess, 60 or so different items. And entails T-shirts, sleeves for notebook computers iPad cases, mouse pads, the Paracast Jumbo tote bag, all sorts of T-shirts and jackets and stuff like that for men and women. We have 
a Paracast aluminum water bottle. All this stuff, you go to store.theparacast.com, store.theparacast.com. What makes it special is that the items are the best quality, you know, great T-shirts, fabrics, and they have our official logo on them. That's what makes them special in multiple sizes and colors. We even have stuff for children, stuff for women, stuff for men. We have all sorts of sizes, like small up to X large. A lot of good stuff. That's the swag from the Paracast. You go to store.theparacast.com, stop by, and take a shopping tour. In a coming apart world, you need something to keep it tied together. That something is Atwood Rope, the highest quality rope made in the USA from exotic braids for military, rescue, arborists, shipyards, tow line, or boating. Quality rope at affordable prices you and your customers can depend on. Find a dealer or shop online at atwoodrope.net. Enter promo code RADIO to receive 100 feet of 550 paracord free with purchase. Atwood Rope, working to keep the world tied together. 37 things to hoard. Do you have the 37 crucial food items you can't survive without? When disaster hits and mobs go crazy grabbing food off the shelves, your family may be without food or waiting in long food lines. Prepare now at 123survivalplan.com. That's 123survivalplan.com. Many people don't have these 37 food items. Learn what you need to hoard now at 123survivalplan.com. Watch the video over 1 million people of you to discover the 37 food items that will sell out first when disaster strikes at 123survivalplan.com. Iodine protection packs from HempUSA.org are now in stock for immediate delivery worldwide. Our iodine protection packs include micro plant powder, green life kelp, red palm oil, and our clear roll-on iodine that will feed the body the iodine it needs. All iodine protection packs are in stock, save you money, and ship for free in all 50 states. Visit HempUSA.org or call 908-691-2608 today. HempUSA.org has a revolutionary wonder food for detoxing the body and rebuilding the immune system. Microplant powder can help unclog arteries and soften heart valves while removing heavy metals, virus, fungus, bacteria, and parasites. Plus, it cleans and purifies the blood, lungs, stomach, and colon. Keep your body clean with Microplant powder. Visit us at HempUSA.org or call 908-691-2608 today. Hello? Congratulations. For what? For losing all that weight. How'd you do it so fast? ASAP. ASAP what? What's that mean? Are you ready to get as skinny as possible, as soon as possible, as simple as possible, and as sexy as possible? I'm listening. Then get with the ASAP program. It's real and it works. No smooth talk, no slick advertising, and no exaggerated claims of success. I've got to know more. Welcome to ASAP, as slim as possible. Whether you have 10, 20, or 50 pounds to lose, ASAP is your weight loss answer. ASAP targets the abnormal fat reserves and makes them available to be burned as fuel and contains no caffeine or hormones. Order ASAP at wholesale prices or join the team to share the business with others. Visit GCNteam.com or call 877-878-4203. GCNteam.com or call 877-878-4203. Lose weight and look great with ASAP, as slim as possible. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And if you'd like to catch up on past episodes, we have hundreds of shows for you to download, direct from 
theparacast.com. That's theparacast.com. Or check us out at iTunes. With Gene and Chris on the Paracast, we have James Fox making appearance number four, four, four on the show. After three years, he's now involved with chasing UFOs. And we've been asking your questions, ladies and gentlemen, posted at forum.theparacast.com in the question bank. Chris, we have maybe one or two more questions. We do. Um, SRL, who is a um, about a year and a half, two-year uh, poster. I'd love to know what that SRL means. Standard Research Laboratory? Uh, I don't know. Anyway, James, have you ever investigated USOs, unidentified submersed objects? And if so, what might you be able to tell us about them? And a second question, have you ever interviewed witnesses who have claimed to have had paranormal experiences before witnessing an aerial anomaly? No-ish to the first question, and yes to the second question. I, I have looked into a little bit of that case. Was it, was it Nova Scotia? Shag Harbor. Yes, thank you. I looked into that one a little bit, but as, and I've actually spoken to a couple people in the Navy that said they picked up things on sonar. Uh, traveling at extremely high speeds underwater. But that's the extent of my IS, U, uh, USOs. Sorry. Yeah, USOs. Trying to get that one right. And in terms of the other question, yes, I have had witnesses report to me that they feel something prior to a sighting or that they're drawn to a window or that they, um, yeah, they, they, it's almost like they're on autopilot, like someone sort of guiding them. That's just what's been reported to me. I personally have not experienced that, but what I have experienced, which is rather interesting, I know that's not directly your question, but when I had a sighting myself back in 1989, I remember my girlfriend looking at me. We were lying in bed looking out the bedroom window, and just above the treetops, there was this sort of egg-shaped thing that was sort of kind of uh, dimming and then brighting, almost like it was like breathing or something. It was weird. She looked at me and she said, what the bleep is that? And I said, I don't know what that is, but whatever it is, it knows we're looking at it. So there was a weird sort of sense, and she said, I feel that too. It's funny, as an old uh, girlfriend of mine, Lisa Reinhardt, and I bumped into her just a couple of years ago. Uh, and this We're talking over 20 years ago. And I bumped into her just two years ago down in San Diego. And I said, Lisa, she had a husband and a lovely daughter, six-year-old daughter. And I said, you remember that sighting we had? She said, yeah. I said, what do you remember? She told me. She said, it knew we were looking at it. I said, yeah, I felt that too. So all these years later, we remembered it that way. So uh, interesting. I've had some witnesses talk about being drawn to a window or doing a certain something, feeling some level of communication. And then my only personal experience with that is that once looking at this object, I felt that it knew we were looking at it. I don't know. I hope that helps. <laughs> It does, and I've, uh, you know, having investigated uh, quite a number of cases myself, uh, I'm surprised at the number of times I've heard some sort of, um, you know, pre, uh, some pre-reaction to an event just seconds uh, or minutes bef before it happens, and you know, possibly that could be equated to some sort of electromagnetic 
uh, field effect. Ray Stanford calls it euphoria, that the magnetic field actually does um, impact the person, gives them kind of an elated sense sometimes. Uh, animals, of course, we know react to that. But back to the first question on USOs, I would really recommend you read Ivan T. Sanderson's book, uh, Invisible Residence, uh, which is a classic from the 70s. Uh, at the time, he estimated upwards of 50% of all UFO sightings could be equated with bodies of water. And, and for anyone interested wow. in, in USOs, that, that's a really important book to read. I have another question here from Mwadib. Mwadib. Yeah, how did you, that's from, I'm impressed. Well, that's, that's from Dune, I think, right? That's oh, okay. from the Frank Herbert book, Dune, the Mwadib. Anyway, Mwadib, <laughs> Mwadib is, is, is a, a brand new poster. Uh, this will be his first question asked on air. Welcome to the, uh, to the team, Mwadib. I'd be curious to know what James thinks about the, and I add famous, photograph of the triangular UFO from the Belgium wave, UFO wave back in the, I believe the 80s, that now we've found out that it's, a, it's probably a hoaxed photograph. This is one of the most famous UFO photographs. Leslie Keene used it in her book, uh, her recent book. I used it in my film. You I know used what I it saw. in your film. I uh, Paul, da Paul David, I think, has used it in one of his. So do you think that that's... Well, here's, uh, the interesting, here's the interesting twist to that. When I got the photograph, well, I, obviously I saw it, I, I saw it in the early to mid-90s. I think it was taken in 90, 91, something like that. Wasn't it somewhere around then? Theoretically, or supposedly. I think you're right. It was And I got 90s. it from General de Brouwer, the Belgian general. And I said, boy, I'd love to use this image in my film. I know what I saw. And he said, well, you have to contact the, the owner, Petit Rochard, or something like this. I did. And um, the interesting thing about it was that they had no interest in, um, they had no interest in, 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 in uh, pawning the thing off. It was like I had to go out and, and, and ask for it, almost kind of beg to use it. So it was kind of, and that the guy didn't want his, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm almost positive he didn't want for the longest time even his identity to be revealed. It was like he took this thing and took the photograph. So when I found out it was possibly hoaxed, I've heard that so many other times with cases that I'm familiar with that it really makes me wonder. It was like suddenly, you know, the Air Force coming out saying, hey, uh, Roswell is just the uh, Project Mogul, or you know the McMinnville Oregon photographs are, are debunked, or, or, or the Santa Ana. I've even had people tell me, "Oh yeah, the Santa Ana pictures weren't those debunked?" So I, I'm 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 suspicious, uh, but you know, do we know for a fact that he's the one that shot it and then then debunked it later debunked it? Because as far as I knew, the person who shot it didn't even want their identity revealed. So if someone just came forward now and said, "Hey," I shot that picture, and, I, and I'm debunking it. How do we know that that guy really did shoot that picture? Yeah, and that's a very good up. point. Good point. Also, the Oliver's Castle footage of the orbs uh, supposedly creating a crop circle, initially that was debunked as being done a very elaborate hoax by someone you know, with a, a background in, in video um, effects and post-production. But then years later, I think last year, uh, people are starting to look at that film again and say, well, wait a minute, there's... How do we really know that this is not not a real uh, film clip? So, yeah, that's yeah, uh, know, hoaxes I, are really now now with the technology the, the way 90s, it is. Uh, you know, the technology is making guy down, and and uh, he just was totally anonymous. Yeah, and with the technology uh, just leaping ahead of us uh, in leaps and bounds, this is going to well, become more like, and more you know, of a problem. If photograph, if we knew definitively the photograph originated, I'm going to throw a random name out there from John Doe. 
and we all knew John Doe. There was a face to the photograph, and you know, and he paraded it around the, the world. And then ten years later, his conscience got the better of him, and said, "Hey guys, you know, I'm the same. It's the same face as been a photograph. Really sorry for what I did, but I, you know, I faked it. Uh, that would be one thing. But in this case, it doesn't. It's not that cut and dry, you know. You know what's cut and dry is telling you this. Um, <laughs> we've got James Fox. These segues, you know, they pay me for this. We have James Fox of the Chasing UFOs TV show. You're on with Gene and Chris. You're in the Paracast. <laughs> The GCN Radio Network, providing the world with hard-hitting talk radio. G-C-N. Great talk radio starts here. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter, and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that, too, in Graphic Converter. Also, print catalogs convert from so many formats i can't even list them download now to see if graphic converter is good for you like one and a half million other users guess what you could save money when you buy graphic converter use the coupon code night owl use the coupon code night owl to get a special price for graphic converter go to lemkesoft.com that's l-e-m-k-e soft.com lemkesoft.com l-e-m-k-e soft.com If you owe the IRS money you can't pay, then listen carefully, because you already know that the problem won't go away by itself. You can get help today from the leading tax expert in the country, Dan Pilla. Hi, I'm Dan Pilla. The IRS isn't going to just forget about you. Right now, the IRS is hiring thousands of tax collectors to go after delinquent accounts just like yours. That's why you need to take action today, and I can help. I take a simple but proven approach to solving your tax debt problem. First, I stabilize collections so you don't have to worry about wage and bank levies. Next, I build a detailed plan to get your debt reduced to the fullest extent possible, sometimes even eliminated. Finally, I work with you every step of the way to get your problem solved once and for all. So call now for a free consultation. Call 1-800-346-6829. Dan Pilla will solve your tax problem guaranteed. He's helped thousands of people and he can help you too. Call us today at 800-346-6829. That's 800-34-NO-TAX. Survival is not about the end of the world. It's not about a hypothetical plane crash or the latest violet storm. Survival is about the satisfaction of knowing you can take care of yourself and your family in any situation, anytime, anywhere. CampingSurvival.com was started in 1956. No, not the dot-com part, the survival part. CampingSurvival.com has over 17,000 urban, wilderness, and preparedness items. Supreme customer service. Very low shipping and no games we look around to make sure we have the lowest prices and campingsurvival.com is 100 usmc veteran owned don't base your survival on the latest spring up on the internet company do business with an authority on survival campingsurvival.com use coupon code gcn at checkout and campingsurvival.com will take five percent off your order campingsurvival.com confidence born of preparation 
Now at DeseretFoodStore.com, sign up for a one-month supply of delicious food for only $99 with free shipping. That's right, only $99. Gourmet restaurant-style meals with a 30-year shelf life. Packaged in heavy-duty Mylar bags for easy transport and freshness. Meals like stroganoff, lasagna, teriyaki, five-bean chili, granola pancakes, and much more. Visit DeseretFoodStore.com, spelled D-E-S-E-R-E-T, foodstore.com, or call 801-444-1444. Food for now, food for life. 37 things to hoard. Do you have the 37 crucial food items you can't survive without? When disaster hits and mobs go crazy grabbing food off the shelves, your family may be without food or waiting in long food lines. Prepare now at 123survivalplan.com. That's 123survivalplan.com. Many people don't have these 37 food items. Learn what you need to hoard now at 123survivalplan.com. Watch the video over 1 million people have viewed to discover the 37 food items that will sell out first when disaster strikes at 123survivalplan.com. Hi, this is Don Ecker, and you are tuned into the Paracast. Let me tell you what, you're going to hear stuff here that you probably won't hear anywhere else. Hear that, George Snorri? I want to tell, by the way, our friend James Fox, he should keep his day job. But I'll tell you, he's got an interesting day job because it sometimes includes nights where they go out together, he and his fellow travelers on Chasing UFOs, and they look for things at night because it looks good on film. You know, you've covered a lot of the material that we will see for episode one. Now, I mean, you guys ever tried to sell a used car? Don't you want to show it to the potential buyer at night so he doesn't pick out all the imperfections? You know what? It's funny. I'm the kind of person who doesn't want to bother with that. I did it once. I sold my son's well-worn Honda Accord that he'd wrecked 16 or 20 times or something. You know, it was... It was put together pretty well, I think, and I got a decent amount for it from somebody who was a friend of a relative, and that's the only time I've done it. I don't have the time or energy to go through that, and so I just well, prefer to go to go the dealer and pray. Camp, so you go out selling a used car. I, I don't, yeah, I'm, I'm starting to get your, your flavor a little here. Okay. It's hard enough to sell advertising for a radio show and for a website. <laughs> I am not a salesman. I don't play one on TV in a reality show or otherwise. Okay, episode two is Dirty Secrets that i got to look at. And this one, you've gone to California, Fresno, Sacramento, etc. What were you in search for? Well, we had reports. I initially had, had reports. I contacted a gentleman named Jeffrey Gonzalez, really well-connected, very enthusiastic guy in, in the area. And he put me in touch with a couple of people, one guy named Justin, who, well, there's been these reports, I'll back up for a second, there's been a lot of reports in the area of these triangular-shaped, silent craft, I think they're roughly the size of a football field, that, that maneuver silently in the night sky and rather slowly. He showed me some rather impressive video footage, I must say, that came from a couple of people in the area. And, uh, and one person that he put us in touch with named Justin a uh, former military guy who, who captured one of these things allegedly crashing into a hillside. And there appeared to be, uh, according to the witness, I, I was testimony as well as the video footage, some sort of recovery operation going on at night, uh, which I found really interesting. On top of that, it's fairly recent, too, in the last couple of years. On top of that, there was an older case in the area from a guy named Officer Amparano, and he had a close encounter of the second kind. Um, he had kept the, his, all of his original gear, his, his medical records from, uh, from the hospital, um, the, the local news stories. He kept everything. 
which is a very, very impressive case. And so I pitched uh, the idea of going to California. As a matter of fact, we were putting together ideas for California and I think Ohio. And we got more good stuff out of California. And, and to be honest with you, I mean, I only live just a few hours away from, from Fresno. I live in about an hour north of San Francisco. So I was kind of shocked to think that there could be this activity going on in my backyard and I didn't know about it. You know, and when I got there, you know, while some of it seemed a bit prosaic, other parts of it didn't. And so um, I, was, I was rather, it was a rather interesting episode. Now, in this case here, did you encounter any evidence of men in black presence? No. And when we first got there, we were kind of making fun of Jeffrey a little bit because he kept going on about, you know, every time a witness captures something good on video, there's these white vans showing up at their house and they seem to be under surveillance. And, you know, Jeffrey's a great guy and he's got a great sense of humor, but, but he was, there was a ton of seriousness to him as well about this. And some of the other witnesses were, were pretty sure they were being followed. followed. And it's one thing to hear about these stories, but when you go and meet these people and you, they're real people and you think, well, he certainly seems sincere. Maybe he's a little paranoid, but he certainly seems sincere. And while we were there for a week, we had a couple of white vans show up, and they, of course, played it up and stuff, but we did. And uh, But who knows who they were? It could have been coincidence. It could have been we were being looked at. Who knows? But we were definitely poking around. Now, when you do these shoots, do you announce to the locals that you're going to be there, or do you just show up? We announced to some locals that we're going to be there. You know what I mean? We don't want to make a huge scene, uh, more than we already do when we show up, but so some locals, we have a scout that goes out a week in advance, secures locations. If we need any permits to access, we generally get those. And, uh, you know, try to find out about availability and, and, you know, shoot locations and stuff. Because when you got a big crew, lots of gear, you, you don't want to be out there just kind of fumbling around. You want to have everything kind of set. So usually in a week in advance, we send out a, a skeleton crew of, of people to, to secure locations, permits, that sort of thing. Do you get second unit footage, things like that, before you do the actual visit? Uh, we, you mean review some of the UFO footage? Or? No, I'm thinking in terms where you do some pre-shoots before your full call. Oh, we'll, we'll, we'll have someone send photographs, like, you know, just literally take simple digital photographs and send for location spots. Yeah, we do that. But in terms of video footage, no, no. But a lot of times if we have, obviously, if we have, you know, some eyewitness who captured something intriguing on camera, we want to see that. And a lot of times they'll send us a low res and we'll take a look at it. Some of it's quite impressive. Did you guys see the California episode? I saw part of it, then I ran to a problem with my computer's DVD drive. So I've oh, seen sure. half of it. I'll have to see the other half either, you know, shortly thereafter and hopefully get oh. DVDs of the rest of the episodes. But I got into, like, number 25 minutes, I think. And then... okay. I had to restart the computer, and then there's dust. This is Arizona. There's a lot of dust that gets inside those slot-loading DVD drives, and every so often I have to clean the thing out. So I oh, will. Wow. Not an excuse, folks. This is true. Okay. Not, not, not some big conspiracy and men in black came and shut your computer down or anything like that? Shh. You can't handle the truth. Keep your day job. I don't think imitations does it. I don't think Rich <laughs> Little will feel he needs to be replaced anytime soon. His first mistake turned out to be his last. How's that? You can't handle the truth. <laughs> Who knows what evil lurks in the hearts of... Forget it. If we try to do this, you know, the listeners are just going to leave us in droves. They'll listen to Brand X, where they don't hear any really good interviews. 
Good band, Brand X. That's right. For future episodes, can you give us in the remaining segment the bill of fare? What will we expect for episode number three? I assume they're all in the can now, right? Yes, yes. Well, we talked a little bit about Virginia. There is, uh, we went to Arizona, and we managed to track down, which is really cool, we managed to track down uh, a gentleman who shot uh, the only footage I've ever seen of what appears to be a very large boomerang-shaped object uh, flying overhead. And the interesting thing about this was I knew about the footage uh, and I featured a little bit of it, and I know what I saw, but I didn't know who shot it. No, no, you, are you James, are you referring to the Phoenix Lights, the famous Phoenix Lights, uh, March 17th? No, no, I'm not. It was shot uh, five, four, four or five years earlier, uh, 93, I think. But it's in the, the Phoenix area, and it's of a very large boomerang-shaped craft. Okay, so the footage I'm referring to is we, we managed to track down uh, the guy behind uh, some footage that uh, appeared sort of somewhat mysteriously, uh, no name attached to it, no witnesses. You hear, you know, voices from the people who shot it, but that's it. And the footage is impressive, but somewhat inconclusive because without, you know, someone uh, describing what was seen with the naked eye and the experience prior to getting the camera on, you're kind of left going, hmm. Well, we managed to track down that guy, and we did an interview with him, uh, which was quite impressive, actually, footage taken in 1993 that will be featured in the upcoming episode i think it's going to be aired on the 20th uh so sorry um what am i saying on the gosh it would be the following week so that'd be like the 7th 8th i'm not sure you have to look up on netgeotv.com but um so we have the travis walton case we went and revisited don't rely on us for the dates by the way just go to the site and we have a link to the paracast.com there's a direct link to the show's page. This way, there's no question about finding the episodes that will interest you. You'll see what's upcoming from there. Thank and you for saying that. I appreciate that. I'm trying to make it easy uh, for everybody. Don't forget, neighbors, you can also find us on Twitter. That's where we are. We are the PowerCast on Twitter. So send us a tweet if you have some comments to make about the show. Just a click away, and we have one more click to go. James Fox of Chasing UFOs is joining us. With Gene and Chris, you're in the Paracast. America's number one source for independent talk radio for over a decade. We are the GCN Radio Network. If you want to get your website online and you need reliable service, first-class service at the lowest possible price, there's only one place to go. Well, DreamHost has a special promotion with our show where they'll offer you unlimited disk space, unlimited bandwidth, one-click web apps such as WordPress, 24-7 support. You can save over $55. You want to know how? Go to DreamHost.com slash radio, DreamHost.com slash radio. Whether it's personal mail, whether it's business email, you want reliable, dependable delivery, freedom from spam, freedom from viruses. Well, Polaris Mail offers professional email hosting services for your personal or small business use. Each account uses 25 gigabytes of storage, an easy-to-use webmail interface, and full mobile sync. Sign up today for a 30-day free trial at PolarisMail.com, PolarisMail.com.
We want to know, how do you use WebEx? The smartest thing my company did was to give us WebEx. I'm in sales, and now I get twice the meetings, close twice the business, and make twice the money. I guess I should say thank you, thank you to the folks in IT. The new free version of WebEx meetings lets you take your office anywhere, your desktop, laptop, or mobile device. Get your free WebEx meetings basic account now at WebEx.com. WebEx from Cisco. W-E-B-E-X.com. WebEx.com. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. Have you ever wondered why banks, stockbrokers, investment advisors won't talk about gold IRAs? They've been available since 1986, yet the financial industry won't recognize the value of gold for your retirement. Gold has outperformed paper investments, yet no word about IRAs. If you would like to have gold for your retirement, call 800-686-2237. Don't get left behind by rising inflation and low returns. Call 800-686-2237. Secure your future and call one 800 686 for a long time, you've heard me talk about building your own food supply with eFoods Direct. As a listener, you know why you need to have a supply of the best storable food on the planet. Every day, we document the attempts to take control of our lives. But there's one thing we can all control your greatest dependency food. eFoods Direct products are made with only the best ingredients and none of the trash and contaminants like trans fats, GMOs, or MSG. This food is nutrient-dense and tastes great. It's simple to make, portable, and has a shelf life of up to 25 years. Now with eFoods Direct, you'll get the most affordable, best-tasting food you can buy. And the new products and pricing will blow you away. Compared to other food sources, including home-cooked meals, you can cut your food cost in half. You just can't afford to ignore this. Call 800-409-5633 or go to eFoodsDirect.com forward slash Alex for specials. Don't let this offer pass you by. Call 800-409-5633 or eFoodsDirect.com forward slash Alex. More the best for less guaranteed. Healthy soils grow healthy plants. So before you plant your survival garden this year, is your soil healthy? Maximize your crisis garden soil with EM1 from Terraganics. EM1 organic soil conditioner, fertilizer amendment, and compost accelerant provides healthier gardens and faster, efficient garden composting. EM1 from Terraganics.com quickly improves soil structure by increasing nutrient availability and converting organic matter into soil humus. This improves seed germination and root growth, improves plant quality, size, color, flavor, nutrient value of fruits and vegetables and improves shelf life. And when rain is not in the forecast, no worries. EM1 improves moisture retention in soils, helping reduce drought stress. Just like you prepare all else, prepare your crisis garden for maximum yields with EM1 from Terraganics.com. Order now at T-E-R-A-G-A-N-I-X.com or call toll-free 866-369-3678. That's 866-369-3678. Terraganics, life's getting better. Hello, this is Rosemary Ellen Guiley, and you're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. I think we're being possessed on the Paracast, ladies and gentlemen. James Fox has possessed the entire show, and he's currently possessing one-third of Chasing UFOs. And as we've mentioned before, he has two partners Aaron Ryder and Ben McGee, and they do riding around the country looking for UFOs. And we talked about an episode that will cover things that are happening in Phoenix. What other episodes can we look forward to? Let's maybe have a summary of a few more. Okay, we've got, uh, we went to Mexico, Chichen Itza. We had a close encounter with a, 
with a uh, a creature in the forest. Whoa! Um, stop! 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 Where'd this happen? You know, it's funny that we were in Chichen Itza and we actually got access to the place uh, entirely on our own at night for like five hours. So this was a specific and, place in that city where things had gone wrong or things had happened. Yeah, Chichen Itza is an ancient Mayan uh, city that is at the end of the Yucatan Peninsula, right outside the city of Merida. Okay, that geography lesson now, what did you guys see? Uh, we, okay, so it was really funny. When, when we got there, um, one of the, well, first of all, we got to, we, we, we rented the place out for I think five hours at night. It was incredible. I got to hike up El Castillo, which is the four-sided pyramid that the mines built for the feathered serpent um, that apparently descended from the heavens and shared with them all kinds of secrets and whatnot. And it, it was just incredible to have the opportunity to, to, to walk around on that and, and investigate. But one of the night guardsmen wanted desperately to show me something. And he showed me this photograph that he had taken in the daylight. And he was just, you know, he's just a groundskeeper. And it revealed what appears to be a creature looking over one of the walls. It looked like an alien kind of thing. And, uh, it was rather interesting, actually, to see. But so we're out there, like, poking around the forest, and this, uh, we find out later there's all kinds of poisonous snakes out there. And, but we stumbled upon with infrared. You find uh, out later life. that really is the unkindest cut can of I give, all. Can I give away what we saw or no? You know what? We obviously want people to watch the show. Why don't you give us a hint? Enough of a hint where people will actually want to see the show. I understand the marketing here. There's a lot of marketing on the show, and we want to create oh, yeah. a little bit of suspense. Say whatever well, you want, you know, here. We, we, we came across something alive that uh, would have been extremely uh, um, uh, very dangerous, let's put it that way. We captured it on FLIR. That's another really interesting thing, having those instruments out there under the cover of darkness. You pick up things out there, I mean, the... The forest is teeming with life that you don't really see with the naked eye. You suddenly have night vision and infrared whatnot, and, you know... Well, remember, night vision goggles were from alien technology, right? That's what Corso would say, isn't it? (laughs) Yeah. Oh, don't get me started about that. (laughs) I knew you were going to say that. All right, so you see the creature. We'll have to wait for the episode. Where else did you go for this first season? I'm sorry. We went well. We went to Brazil. We went to Mexico. We went to Florida. We went to the Everglades. We went to Cape Canaveral. We went obviously to Texas, New Mexico, Arizona, Colorado. I think and and California. So basically, so okay. So you have a lot of places to go to that you haven't gone to yet, and we have to hope. Yes, that we have a lot of places go to go to. to I want to do more international stuff. Okay. And like I said, if the show does well, um, I'd like to shed some light on the fact that, you know, a lot of Americans think that this is a, a phenomenon that happens primarily uh, right here in America, and it's sort of secret military craft. But uh, it's not the case at all. I mean, these, these things, there's some amazing cases that happen in Africa and other parts of South America. Um, I believe uh, Italy's kind of a hot spot right now. Yeah, Turkey. China, there's the largest UFO group China, in the world is a million, really like million people. What the heck is going on in China? Um, Australia, New Zealand, 
Yeah, so I'd like to shed light around the world. I'd like to continue to, to, to do that. Yeah, they just, I mean, uh, uh, they just launched the, the first uh, Chinese woman astronaut, I think, last week. And as the, the, the rocket was leaving the atmosphere, a couple of UFOs showed up and, and shadowed it for, for a ways. And they got, got it on film from, I think, the Gobi Desert. They had a camera array that was filming it from the side and, and were able to, uh, to get some visual data. Wow. Wow. We know everything here. Nothing happens that we don't hear about. I don't know that we have Any- listeners in China. I know we have listeners in Europe, in Australia, in New Zealand, etc., etc. I don't know that we're in China, but I kind of suspect we are. Well, I, you know, if anyone out there has any, like, if you don't mind me saying this one Please, more time, if sure. anyone out there has any good cases, photographs, evidence they'd like us to pursue, Please, 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 the sugar on top. Go to my website, I know what I saw, themovie.com, and contact me. I do get back to everyone. Sometimes it takes me a little while, but I promise you I'll get back to you. I know what I saw. I've got a bunch. And does anybody else have any information on that sighting over the Chinese airport? Uh, Do we ever figure out what that was? There's quite a bit of stuff out there if you do a little research. There's quite a number of people that have looked into that. Uh, And and there was was actually three three, uh, sets of sightings over Chinese airports uh, during the time period. But I think you're referring to the the first one, which was the most notorious one. Yeah, it apparently shut the airport down. Yeah. Mm. I'll dig into that for you. I I do have a little file on that. I'll, I'll shoot it your way. And, of course, we've got the O'Hare incident, which I can't believe we haven't had more traction on. Can you imagine? I know there's a photograph of that UFO because I got a hold of the FAA tapes in the tower, and I can hear them mention the photograph. Well, did you check the NARCAP site at all? Because I I believe they have some information there. I'm sorry? There's an organization called NARCAP. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm familiar with NARCAP. Right. Yeah. They, I believe, have some information there. Okay, all right. Cool. That's the National Aviation Reporting Center. Yeah, Richard um, Haynes. Richard Haynes yeah, on Richard anomalous Haynes, phenomena. And then there's Peter Davenport with, uh, um, what's his organization called? The National UFO Reporting Service. Okay. Not NICAP? Not NICAP. NARCAP. Which sorry, is, right, okay. if you go to NARCAP, N-A-R-C-A-P dot org, National yep. Aviation Reporting Center on Anomalous Phenomena. We've had Richard Haynes, Haynes on the show, so, you know, we do know these people. Right. So that might be one place to check. I can see now that you guys could do this show for 10 years and barely cover the service. Are you going to focus on any of the side issues, such as disclosure, such as what the governments may know or not know, or focus strictly on the case histories. One, one thing that I, I'm already pushing for, uh, call me crazy, but and I have to figure out a way of doing this. Excuse me, you're I, crazy. You're now called crazy. Yeah, crazy like a fox. You, know, you would, wouldn't be a first. But I would really like to, I'd like to go to the Hill and talk to members of Congress and bring with me uh, the highest-ranking military officers I can get my hands on and go out there and say, what's it going to take to get this story out, sir? What's it going to take to get congressional hearings? What's it going to take to, to rattle your cages enough where we can actually, you know, get to the bottom of this? Well, just Wouldn't just bring John strange? Alexander along. He's the, the ex-head of non-lethal weapons technology development. He should be able to put the fear of God in these guys. 
Well, you know, it's also really neat, I think, this whole initiative that exists started about, you know, amnesty. Yeah, that would be a great uh, idea. That kind of an interesting uh, angle. That's a twist and of amnesty, which is give amnesty to E.T. Yeah. Give amnesty to the the military witnesses so they can come forward without you know fear of prosecution or anything else. Right, sure. we we'll send security oaths after thirty years or something. Is that what it is? Well, I, I, that's that's just an idea that maybe you could put a time right, right, time right. frame on it. Talking about even even before that, but you know, I would like to. I hey man, I would love nothing more than to really use Nat Geo to you know get access to areas that I can't normally get access to. Tell People our listeners to, in thirty seconds or less about. Chasing UFOs. It's a fun, entertaining, informative, uh, and I think an interesting blend of, of characters uh, in pursuit of good, solid evidence uh, from good, solid cases from around the world. And by the way, folks, you can also check out Chris's updated OurStrangePlanet.com. We have the Paracast on Twitter, and also you can check us out forum.theparacast.com. James Fox, thanks for joining us on the Paracast. Guys, thanks so much for having me on. The Paracast, featuring Gene Steinberg and Christopher O'Brien, is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. Tune in next week for a new adventure in the Paracast. <laughs>